And welcome back to the Letterman here on 90.7 WCLH. This is Alex Orlando on the chair today. I am with Billy Charles, Reggie Searle. How are we? How are we? How are we? And we're talking baseball today. So Ryan Martell is sick today, so unfortunately, unfortunately, feel better there, Martell. He is tuned in right now. We got a little mic delay going on, but that's all right. Some technical difficulties right now. We're talking pitchers today. Top 10 starting pitchers in the Major League Baseball predictions for the 2023 season. Yeah, I'm very excited, you know, and there's a lot of talent. I know we were talking before the show started. I have five honorable mentions here myself. Normally when I make a list like this, I normally try to lower it down to three, but there's just so much talent on the mound this year, it's 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 hard to compete with. It's yeah. hard to narrow it down in my eyes at least. Yeah, for sure. So we'll start off with just a couple of our honorable mentions. I'll go my list I have I have five and this is in the order right here. I have Aaron Nola. Fortunately, I, he didn't make my top 10, but you'll be happy that I do have one of your guys in there. Okay. Then I got Joe Musgrove because this guy, this guy, this guy's a very, very, very underrated pitcher, I think, in the MLB. And then, uh, and then I got you, Darvish, playing over in. I think that's working now. Yeah, we're good now. Okay. All right. <laughs> Problem is solved, ladies and gentlemen. No worries. Continue, right, we're so. Back. We're back. All right, so I'll just, I'll just restart for my honorable mention. Go ahead. So I have Aaron Nola over in Philly. Amazing. What he did last year in October was special. What he did all season was special. And, again, I think he's one of the best pitchers in the MLB. I just, he just didn't make my top ten. Then mm-hmm. I got Musgrove, as I said, over in San Diego. Very underrated. I feel like he never – I never really seen him get the credit he deserves. Even when they talk money or trades about him, I never really hear his name get talked about like he should be. Then I got you Darvish also in San Diego, who's been doing it for years. I did not he did not make my top ten here. Actually, no no no, he did not make my top ten here. Then we got uh Kevin Gaussman over in Toronto. See him a couple see him a lot over the course of the year as a Yankee fan and He's definitely he's definitely hurt us a few times. Yep, that's a solid list. Yep, I also had Aaron Nola uh, as an honorable mention. You know, I just can't put him over some of these guys in my top ten. Mm-hmm. Same with Joe Musgrove. I had Joe Musgrove at ten, but I had to put someone at number ten who you will like. But can't wait. Joe Musgrove, man, throws one of the best sliders in baseball. He is the ace over there in San Diego. San Diego has a lot going for him right now. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do as a team. I had Garrett Cole as an honorable mention. Oh, I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm all sorry. Right, all right. I'm sorry. It's fair. I'm I sorry. He's, he's inconsistent at times. He is. He is. But we'll get to that. I had Shane McClanahan outside my top ten yep, as well. Me too. I, yep. I, don't even, I didn't even have him as an honorable mention. I got to say <laughs> Yeah, he had a stellar season last year. He yeah. was a Cy Young candidate before he, I think he, something in his shoulder. Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah. 
I have a lot of honorable mentions actually because <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's, it's so hard to narrow it down. I was it, trying. It's very hard. But I have Shohei Otani as an honorable mention. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't put him there. I mean, I didn't. I, he's not in my top ten. I'm gonna be honest because mm-hmm. I, I fight with a lot of people over that, especially. With the whole Aaron Judge versus Otani last year, <laughs> I put up a lot of arguments as to why he is a little bit overrated because he's two dimensional. But yeah, yeah, he pitched a two three three ERA last year, had over two hundred fifteen strikeouts. He had a very good year on the mound. Mm-hmm. Will he do that again? I don't think so. At the plate, he will. I, I, I think he'll have a better year on the plate, yeah. and he'll have a down year on the mound. I could say it. I had Framber Valdez as well. Mr. Consistent, yep. Mr. Quality Start, not too much to say there. One of the He is the ace now in Houston with Justin Verlander gone. Yep. So now we're really going to see, he's going to really, he's, he's the king of that rotation now. So we're really going to see it now. We're going to see him in more, in more big-time situations than we did already, in which in the big-time situations he had to pitch in this year, he was phenomenal, Yeah. unfortunately. Easily. Against, I mean, in the World Series in the ALCS, that's really when I watched him, and he was dominant in almost every start he had. Yeah, really. One of the only few pitchers in the league that was able to handle Red October. Yeah. So props to him. Got to give it to him. I got two more. Luis Castillo. Yep. <sighs> two nine nine ERA, hundred sixty seven strikeouts. You know, I think the Mariners are gonna, the Mariners are gonna be a fun team to watch this year. Yeah. I like the Mariners. I'm ho- I'm ho- remember what we were saying it the other day. I'm hoping that they uh, they could show some problems to the Astros. I really hope so too, because be nice. I've I've come to not like the Astros. Yep. You know. Welcome to the club. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. One more, Zach Gallen. Okay. On the Arizona Diamondbacks, he had a very quiet year on the mound, mm-hmm. but he he was phenomenal. Two five four ERA, hundred ninety two strikeouts, twelve and four as a starter, and a point nine walks and hits per innings pitch. Very good year on the mound for Zach Allen. Unfortunately, he's on the Diamondbacks. Yeah, that, so team, that team's not doing anything. I'm there's, sorry. There's not much for him there. I know Martel yeah. will be mad at us back home listening because he's uh, – I've heard him say in the past couple weeks that he thinks the Diamondbacks are going to make the playoffs. But I that's, think that, oh, that's, that, division's too, that division's too low. That's quite a stretch. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> All right. Cracking in the top ten. Here we go. At Kick us 10, off. I actually have Mr. Quality start. He did okay. make my top ten okay. for yep. Amber Valdez, which is tough for me because mm-hmm. again, you all everyone knows how I feel about the Houston Astros. But just looking at his stats, seventeen and six last year, a two eight two ERA. Hold on, my notifications. How many strikeouts did he have? Uh, no, one hundred ninety four strikeouts and a WHIP of one point one six. That's that's some of the best stats in the AL right there, and he had the Cy Young in front of him in his rotation. Yeah, really. Postseason 3-0 with a 1-4 <clears throat> ERA. It's just tough to beat. <clears throat> but like you said, Mr. Quality Start, he's um, he's good. And with, with him in that new ace role, I don't think anything's going to change with them losing Justin Verlander with him there now. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> My number 10, I had Carlos Rodon. He is... The second best left-handed pitcher in baseball. We'll get to the first later on. Mm-hmm. Let's just, I mean, cats out of the bag, ladies and gentlemen. Yankees are going to be a team to watch this year. The Yankees have a top two rotation on the mound this year. And not two. And, and not, not two, baby. Two. I like that. I like that. Hold on. I have the hotkeys now. Oh, here it is. Here it is, Martin. Uh, Martin's going to love it. Where is it? Give me a second. Garrett? 
No. Or no. oh, whatever. <laughs> we tried to play it. We tried. It's W O W, but you know, it's, it's okay. It's whatever. Yeah. You know, Carlos Rodon, I think he's going to excel on the Yankees. You know, he yeah. had 237 strikeouts last year. That was up there in the league. 2880 ERA, not much to say. You know, he's, I think he will be, I think he'll be the best pitcher on the Yankees this year. You know I what? I've actually, I've been saying that for a couple of weeks now, too, and I actually am going to come out. With a, with a little sticky note action here for the people at home. Oh. I'm going to write it down and I'm going to Okay. Carlos Radon of the New York Yankees will win the American League Cy Young this year. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. He's a wow. Yankee guy. He answers questions right. He's, wow. he's a professional. He fits perfectly in the organization. He's coming for the Cy Young this year. Wow. He's also, by the way, has a seven and one career record against the Houston Astros. Perfect. So that's good for us. That's amazing for you guys. Coming wow. in here at number nine, I have coming from the Los Angeles Dodgers, Mr. Julio Ray Arias. Is that how you say it? Arias, yeah. You know, had a very good year last year. I feel like he gets kind of overlooked again because of the names that comes with the Los Angeles Dodgers, like names like Clayton Kershaw and such. Mm-hmm. But I think that, honestly, I think he's their best pitcher this year. I think that he's their guy. Yeah. And I think they should look at him like that, and I think the rest of the MLB world should look at it like that too because what he did last year was very impressive, and I think the Los Angeles Dodgers are the Dodgers. They're going to win. Even though they lost their guys, they're still going to win games. They're still going to be one of the best teams in the NL. And I think this this man's going to be a big contributor to that. Yeah, absolutely. They did lose uh, – was it – Tyler Anderson, they, yeah, Tyler Anderson, they lost him to the Angels. Mm-hmm. But Walker Bueller's coming back. Yep. So I know a lot of people are saying that they're going to fall off losing those guys. I, I don't see it. That's still a very talented roster. Yeah. You know, Freddie Freeman's still there, Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. The pitching, like, it's there. The Dodgers will make the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. And I, would not, I would not doubt on it. Yeah. At my number nine, I had Alec Manoa for the Toronto Blue yep. Jays. I couldn't. Exclude him from the top ten, despite his atrocious performance. I like that. He his atrocious performance against the Seattle Mariners, and was the ALS, ALDS? Yeah, ALDS. ALDS. He had a Cy Young year, sixteen and seven, two two four ERA, hundred eighty strikeouts. He had a phenomenal year on the mound. He is. I'm not gonna lie. He's probably one of the best pitchers. Like. On, he, sorry, he is the best pitcher on that team. Mm-hmm. Kevin Gosman's right behind him. But other than that, you know, the bullpen lacking. They don't have really have a solid third, fourth guy, you know. Very weak bullpen. In Very weak bullpen, you know. But the bat, the batting is there. Yeah. But the pitching has been an issue. Definitely. Definitely agree. Coming in at number eight, I have your boy, Mr. Zach Wheeler, down in Philly. You know, great year. There's not, there's not much I could really tell you about him that you don't already know. But... What he, I think he's. Would you call, would you consider him the ace or would you absolutely, consider, no, yeah. absolutely. I mean, he pitched well in the playoffs when the pressure was on. He did his job. Pitched <laughs> yeah, oh well yeah. Season. Oh yeah. And you know he's a guy that's going to come out. He's 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 really Mister Consistent because for as long as I can remember, whatever team he's been on, I can always remember him being either the ace or the number two guy on that team. Yeah. Despite when he was on the Mets for a while, just because of the Grom. And yeah, I think. He's in for he's due for another great year, and I think he's going to contrib- contribute to a lot of the success that I see you guys having this season. Oh, I can't wait for baseball, man. I can't. Oh, I'm excited. Come Getting on, excited just thinking about it. Sunday, Yankees, Phillies, Sunday, spring training. Yes, sir. Sunday. 
My number eight, I had Mad Max. Yeah. Max Scherzer. You know, the New York Mets pitching rotation. You know, it's, it's scary, but, you know, they're old. There's no denying that fact. They're old. <laughs> yeah. They're Very. old. I think Scherzer's definitely going to perform. You know, it's, it's Max Scherzer. Will he have a Cy Young year? No. He'll pitch around maybe 2-8, two, 2-9, two, maybe a 3, even a 3-1 ERA, you know. But last year, 2-2-9 two, two, ERA, 173 strikeouts, 0.91 walks and hits per innings pitched, 11-5. and five. Not, not too much else you could ask for, you know. Yeah. He's the guy. Yeah, I, I like that spot for him. I have him a little bit higher mm-hmm. just because just it's Max Scherzer. And I, I, I still believe that he's going to be do what he does. I, mean, I don't think he's going to be as dominant as he's been. Mm-hmm. And I think the same for Verlander, to be honest with you. I think they're both going to obviously be very good, and I think the Mets are going to be a very good baseball club this year. It's the year. Mets, yeah. Yeah. It's the Mets, you know. They'll, they'll, they'll do what they always do and lose at the end. <sighs> oh, there's, there, there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. They'll, they'll still go for 100 wins, I think, between this rotation they have. Because, like I just said, that the Yankees are the best rotation. This is probably second in my eyes. Yeah, I like that. Really? The Mets? <laughs> I gotta Not give the Braves? It's close. The Braves are the Braves are looking very good. It's very close. Yeah. I go, sometimes, I said this for the Super Bowl too, unfortunately. Sometimes I feel like experience just beats talent in the end of it. And the experience yeah. that the Mets have, even though they're like old, that. they can still huff it. I like that. Yeah. What are we at now? Seven? Yep. At seven, I'm going with my guy, Garrett Cole. Like you know, that. I got to like throw that. him in there. Wish his hotkeys would work. Come on. <laughs> and, like, people look at him and they – yes, he is un, he is inconsistent. But And people look at his ERA. They like, to, they like to look at his ERA. And the thing is, as much as, like, I get mad when people make fun of it, when they make fun of our stadium that we play in a Little League stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a small stadium. It is. With a guy that throws 100 miles an hour consistently, if someone connects with it, it's going to go. That's why he gives up the home runs that he gives up. Do I think – He's our ace? No, I think Carlos Rodon's better than him. I, I have him above him on this list, too. Do I think Cole is still a top 10 pitcher in the MLB? 100%. I think that he's great. He's been great his whole career, and he's going to continue to do great things for us. But I just don't think that he's top 5 caliber. He's been too inconsistent for me to say that. I like that. I agree. Nothing wrong there. I have Zach Wheeler at 7. And that's, that's just for my love yeah. as a Philly fan. Exactly. Zach Wheeler. What's not there to love, man, you know? I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan, too. And not too much else to say. I think you pretty much touched on everything in regards to Zach Wheeler. Mm. Number six, who do you got? Number six, I got Max Freed over in Atlanta. Oh, I like Very, that. very, very good season last year. Was a big fan of watching him and the Atlanta Braves. I know that annoys you, but... I do like the Braves. Not as much as I like the Phillies, but definitely more than I like the Mets. So I was rooting for him a lot last year. Uh, and I seen him. I probably watched. I would say I watched him pitch about six or seven games last year. Mm-hmm. Every game I watched, he was consistent. Oh, absolutely. And that's the key when it comes to being a starting pitcher in the MLB and being considered a great one is consistency. Can you be reliable? Yeah. Like, this is a guy. Max Fried's a guy that I think the Braves are confident with going into a do-or-die situation and him starting the game. I would – I was torn between him and Spencer Strider, which mm-hmm. one I'm going to put in the top ten, and it all goes back to that playoff game where you guys absolutely rocked Spencer Strider, and he looked absolutely lost. What a time to be alive. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was great. Man, the bats were really ringing. But I have Justin Verlander at my number six. I like that. He's old. There's no doubt. Was he like 40, 41? Somewhere around there. Whatever. 
you know, he's not going to have the same year as he did last year. I'm sorry. No. He's not pitching a 1.75 ERA, 13 wins. But, you know, like you said, experience. Yeah. Like, he's there. He's He's been there. He hasn't showed up in the playoffs a lot his whole career since, like, this year until yeah really <laughs> since this year he got his first he, he got his first he got his first world series a uh, win this year against yeah. the phillies before that he was <laughs> oh and six with like a 5.4 yard yep. he was he's atrocious in the he world uses series. it all against the yankees in the alcs yeah <laughs> cracking into the top five here we go top five and number five i got again my pick for the al cy young award winner carlos Rodon. Wow. I think that this is going to be a career year for him. I think this is going to be wow. the best year of his life. He's happy where he is. He wants to be a Yankee. He's made it clear that he's always really wanted to be a Yankee. That lefty power that he has, I think he had a 2-9 ERA last year with 237 strikeouts. The the ERA, I think, will stay around there. If not, it might get to a 3 just because, again, it's a smaller stadium. But I think that he's going to have a crazy year. I think he's going for 20 wins this year. I think he's going to be a key, probably the key contributor outside of the captain, Mr. Judge, to our success this season. Oh, yeah. Captain of the Yankees. W. Oh. You're the man, Martel. We got it. We got it. Martel got it. But <laughs> Thank you, Martin. Thank you. I like that. I like that. Spicing it up. I had Max Freed at five for me. He... I think he would have been the Cy Young uh, winner mm -hmm. in the NL if Sandy Alcantara didn't win it. Two four eight ERA, fifteen and seven, or excuse me, fourteen and seven on the mound. One hundred seventy strikeouts. You know, consistency. Yeah, that's you know, the key. consistency. Yeah. That is the key to being a good pitcher. You know. What else did I want to say? The Braves have a very good rotation. Very. Max Fried, Strider, Kyle Wright, who had the most wins. Out of any pitcher in the MLB yep. with 21. He had 21 wins. Mike Soroka is coming back from injury. Yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna be a scary club. They are. Someone else I'm missing? Maybe not. Number four, who you got? Mad Max Scherzer at four. Again. Mm -hmm. I mean, you <laughs> really did touch perfectly on him. I do think that him and JV mm -hmm. Verlander are gonna are gonna have a Less less of years that we've seen from them in the past, just because I think age is going to end up catching up to them. It does to everybody. Yeah, I mean they're still going to be good. They're still going to pitch a lot of very good baseball games for them, and they're going to help them a lot in their success as well. But I got Max Scherzer at four, like we said before. At times, experience beats. Talent. Yeah, without a doubt, you know. And Max has been there. Yep, he's been there. I remember the day he signed with the Mets, and it just I don't know. Just didn't go well with me. It was, it was, it was boy, that was, that was just like, ah. Uh, I know. Like, I know. Really? <laughs> I know. <coughs> so, number four was weird for me. I, I, I had to include both of these in the top ten, but <sighs> I have Strider at number four. It's fair. Spencer Strider. Fastest pitcher to reach 200 strikeouts. Or I think so, something like that. 0.99 ERA, sorry, walks and hits per innings pitch, 2.67 ERA. You know, this kid's special, without yeah. a doubt. He's going to be great. But at four, I also have Jacob deGrom. And the only reason I had both of them at four is because I don't think I could rate Jacob deGrom because of his health issues. That's fair. So you put it as like a 4A? Yeah, 4B yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, makes sense. And I don't hate that. 
Will DeGrom be amazing on the Rangers? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I think he's going to shine in Texas, but will he get hurt? Probably. He's already yeah. dealing with, like, shoulder tightness. Always is. He always is, yeah. This is always a forearm or a back or shoulder. You know, you never know. The Rangers do have a better medical staff than the Mets do. I will say that. Oh, yeah, Everybody on the Mets sure. is always hurt. <laughs> yeah. But when Jacob DeGrom plays, he's sensational. Oh, yeah, 100%. And whenever watching him pitch is like watching a work of art. It really is. when you get to watch him pitch because exactly. he's hurt every other week. And he's old. Yeah. I mean, I, I still have him in my top three. Nothing wrong with that. I, I, <laughs> I have it four. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. You know, it's Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. At th- we're at three now, right? Speaking of, uh, it's actually not Degrom. Mm-hmm. I have Mr. Justin Verlander at three. Wow. Um, you know, I feel like coming off a Cy Young Award winner, a World Series champion, first World Series win, first good postseason. I feel like how can I leave him out? I mean, the guy's a legend, Hall of point. Famer, first ballot. He's been beating my team as long as I can remember being a fan. And I think he's going to continue to shine, just not as much. I do agree with you on the fact that he's going to have a little bit. His stats are going to definitely fall this year. But I still think that he's one of the best to ever do it, one of the best to keep doing it right now. So I couldn't really leave him out. This is kind of a hot take. I had Dylan Cece at number three for the White Sox. Listen. I like that, though. Randall likes the young guns. I, I love the young guns, Mo. Welcome to the studio, Mo. Welcome, Big Mo G. How are we doing? How are we doing? Big Yeti, oh, the that. milkman, a man of many nicknames. How are we doing? How are we doing? <laughs> Great to be here. There you go. Okay. That's my fault. There you go, Orlando. Don't worry about it. All right. I love the young guns, man. Yeah. And CeCe would have been the AL Cy, Cy Young winner if Justin Verlander didn't. Yeah. 100%. It's either him or someone. Him I forget or who. Manoa from Toronto. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, the only reason I left him out, I want to put it out there, is I'm going to be honest, it's a, it's a little biased. It's a hot, I, I it's a hot take. Like I agree. He talks a lot of smack on Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge. I, I'm not a fan of him. Not, I respect that. It. It's, it's personal. It's, a per, it's always personal. Yeah, it's, it's a personal. Just wait till we rank the second baseman, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, because Jose Altuve is not going to be in my top eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 227 strikeouts, a 2.2 ERA. He was just great on the mound, and it sucks because Chicago was a very big disappointment this year. Yeah, because of their management. But oh, absolutely, yeah. We'll get to that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Coming Top in, two. Coming in at number two. I, I think we both. I have I have Mr. Jacob DeGrom here. Wow. Because That's a great take, Bill. You know, it, I'm, I'm so happy he's off the Mets because, like I was saying before, watching him pitch is a work of art, and it hurts because I can't really root for him. Because outside of uh, Moji's brother Carl, every Met fan I've ever talked to is just so annoying and delusional. <laughs> and they just don't know what they're talking about, so they made it impossible to root for this guy. And now that we're going to see him in Texas, like you said, with a better training staff, hopefully he can stay healthy. I mean, I doubt it, but hopefully. If he stays healthy, he's the best pitcher in the MLB, Ooh. I think. And one of the oh, best yeah. pitchers of all time if he's healthy. Oh, scorching hot, scorching hot. I like that. I like I, and I think I think he's gonna have one of the best years of his career this year. I do too. Because he's gonna be in a new a new setting, a new league, a new division. I mean, it's gonna be tough that he's gonna have to face Houston as much as he's gonna in Seattle. But I mean, it's no different than having to face 
you guys are Atlanta as much as he had to. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to see. But I think he's due for a, a very big year. He's going to kind of shut the haters up. That, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like us that are saying that he's always hurt or whatever. I will say, I will migrate more toward a Jacob DeGrom fan because he's not in the Mets yeah. anymore. Yeah. You know? Again, it's personal on some level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It is. It is. Well, yeah, I feel like he has a whole new training set behind him because he was hating on the Mets. Uh, I don't know, yeah. doctors or like. And person. he has every right to. Oh yeah, it's always really always a problem. Every yeah. year they're every bad. year. Yeah. And like how he didn't restructure his elbow correctly, all this stuff. But like mm-hmm. hopefully, Texas has some good people behind him that can actually get into the full capability that he was a couple of years ago. Not saying that he's still pitching. Like he's still throwing hard. Like he's still like he's still doing good. But yeah. like he'll get he'll he'll be back. Oh yeah, for sure. Still not winning the Cy Young because it's gonna be Redon. But <laughs> no, we'll get to that later. Number two, I have Corbin Burns. I like it on the Brewers. I can't believe I've left him. Out. Yeah, I was yeah. about. I was about. I know who your number one is because I think I. I, I yeah, know we have, I have. We have the same number yeah, one. You have to. And you have to. It's all right. I can't believe I've left him out. It's all right. It's okay. That's my bad. I'll throw him in at. Uh, I'll throw him in at two A two B with Grant. Okay. He did. Yeah. He did slip at the end of the year. He ended with a three oh seven year. Yeah. He still had two hundred forty strikeouts. You know, this is one of the best. You know. Off-speed pitches or pitchers in the league. Oh yeah, me, without a doubt. Throws a good cutter, slider. I think he throws a splitter. Maybe I don't know. But you know, there's trouble in Milwaukee. There is. There is. I, I heard a report the other day that he's not very happy there because of I forget what it was, but something happened that he just didn't like. Probably, probably the personnel team or like general manager. I think like it was something like that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Actually, yeah. but who's your number one? My number one is the. Mr. You want to talk about Mr. Reliable or Mr. Consistent here. Mr. Sandy Alcantara of the Miami Marlins. I mean, six complete games in a year is... Sandy Cheeks, man. Ridiculous. And, you know, we were talking about DeGrom and Mets and Mets fans before, how they used to complain that DeGrom didn't get run support. You want to talk about not getting run support? I remember I watched the Miami Marlins game because I was just bored. It was like a Wednesday night in July. I had work the next morning. So I was like, eh, so the Marlins on. They were on. This dude pitched nine innings and they lost. Like he pitched nine innings and they lost. Like that's ridiculous. That's unheard of. His whip is .98 last year. Two two eight ERA. He was fourteen and nine. I don't even want to know how many no decisions he got or how many one run losses he had. Yeah, nine losses. If you put this guy on a team like. The Yankees, the Mets, the anyone solid. He has twenty five wins easily. And I think he's gonna. I think he's a front runner for the NL Cy Young again this year. If I, 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 I agree. I mean, he, he's just a bulldog on that mound. You know, he's tough. I, I like that word bulldog. Bulldog, yeah. Uh, yeah, I like it. Seven innings, consistency. You know, normally you want a guy who can give you like five and a half, six innings, and you go to the bullpen. This guy will give you over seven. Oh, and he'll have no problem doing it five days later. I know. Yeah. It's great. You love to see. You love to see that. I, I, I have someone new. Yeah. I feel like this is like his like first like big noticeable year. I would say, right? Yeah. Yeah, by yeah. far. Yeah. yeah, easily. And then we got we got we got some extra time here. We can go into the um, top rotations. Let's do it. What do you want to do? Top five <sighs> rotate, top three rotations, or top we can five? we can do top three. We can do top three as a whole. All right, number three, I'm coming in. We talked about this before. It's this is a big East award. 
NL and AL East. This is all featured here. Number three, we're going to come in with the New York or the Atlanta Braves. And the mm. only reason I put the New York Mets ahead of them is because how we've been saying the whole segment. At times, talent beats ex- or experience beats talent, and the Mets have the experience. I think, like we said, Scherzer and Verlander are due for a little decrease in their years just because of the age catching up. But I still think that they'll be good enough to carry that team to either over 95 wins, I'd say. They signed uh, someone from the Japanese. Oh, yes. Who, who, who's, uh, uh, is that Senga? Senga. Or is that, yes, Kodai Senga. Kodai Senga, yeah. I don't know yeah, to say yeah. his name, man. I apologize. But. It'll be interesting to see, to see how he'll play with all the big bats in the East. Oh, yeah. I got to say. You got yeah. the Braves. You got the Phils. They're not going anywhere. I like it. Not going anywhere. I like it. I love that video you sent the other day in the chat. Of the Kyle, Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a s- second place song. Orlando's on the train now. Dancing on my own. That's no longer the song. No, no that's a song? second place. That's song. a second place song. Second place song. I like that. They'll look, no, they'll I like look for that. some. They'll look for some. It'll be good. Dreams and nightmares will always be, will always be one though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So who do you got at three, Orlando? <sighs> that's a great question. <laughs> No, no, or give us your number one. I'll go number one. Yeah. I, th- I think it has to be the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. let's go, Orlando. He hates to say, hey, it, it hurts him. It hurts him. Deep inside, it hurts him. I, wanna, I don't want to say it hurts me, but I mean, I'm real. Yankees re- and Mets. I'm, oh, re- yeah. I'm real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Forget the Mets, but. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Bill, I'm, I'm assuming. Who's your number one, Bill, before we take a short little break? I got the Yanks as well. You got the Yanks? That's you know, about it. I basically did all my explaining for that today. This is Ariel already. Reed, your station manager and programming music director here at 90.7 WCLH. Mm-hmm. Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Hazleton. We're going to take a little break here. When we come back, Mr. Steven Yukoski, Mo, and Billy. I got class, unfortunately. But they're talking <laughs> right. NFL. This is The Letterman here at 90.7 WCLH. Keep it locked. You're currently tuned in to 90.7 WCLH, Wooksbury, Scranton, Hazleton. My name is Steven Yukoski, joined by... Oh, um, Mo Garino. What's happening, everyone? How we doing? How we doing? And... Reggie here. It's great to be. It's a great day. Yeah, it's great to be. You're currently tuned in to The Letterman here, second half hour. Uh, I'm sure Orlando mentioned this earlier, but Mo- Martel... The normal host, the, the Ryan Martell, the Ryan Martell <laughs> is feeling a bit under the weather today. So Orlando was behind the board. I'm behind the board right now. Coming up after this, the next half hour will be it'll be a full hour of basketball. Next half hour will be a Wilkes University basketball recap, and then they'll move into NBA. But for right now, we got you some NFL talk. Uh, we're gonna be doing like a mock draft today. Um, we're gonna take turns making the picks. So. How it'll work. I'll make the first pick. Uh, Billy will make the second pick. Mo will make the third. And we'll just keep going like that. And we'll stop uh, at, you know, some of the more important picks. Um, but if you got, you know, you guys ready? We'll just hop right into it. Yeah, let's do uh, it. So I got, the, I got the first pick here with the Chicago I want, Bears. I, I, I'm interested to hear what you're going to say about this, Stevie. Yeah, so I, we're not going to do trades just because that would be a little oh, yeah, bit too no, complicated too much, for this. Too much, too much. But I will say, I, I don't think there's any situation where the Bears actually pick here. I don't know how yeah. you guys feel about that. No, I don't think they trade up. 
Yeah, I I don't think the Bears actually take this pick, but if they do, um, it's obviously between either Jalen Carter uh, from Georgia or Will Anderson. And I think in that Matt Eberflus defense, as much as I think Will Anderson is probably the top prospect, I think the Bears are going to pick Jalen Carter here at number one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I I personally think that Will Anderson is the better is the better defensive end here or edge guy here. But I think that the in the end the Bears are gonna if the Bears take this pick, I think that they're gonna take Jalen Carter over Will Anderson. Which I don't know how that's gonna work out for them, but both these guys are great. I, I will say though, realistically, in my head, I see the Bears trading back, and in. My most recent mock draft. I think they're going to go offensive line, but yeah. How far do you think you have them going back if they were to? Well, if I think it's it's between the Colts, the Raiders, or the Panthers for mm. me. If it's to the Colts, they'll either pick Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. But if they end up trading with Vegas or the Panthers, I think they're going to go Paris Johnson. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. seven or nine, but. All right, moving on. Number two, what do you what do you got cooking up over there, Billy? Number two out of Houston. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious they're going to go quarterback here, and yeah, I, I at so. least I think it's obvious who the right choice is in Bryce Young, one of the better college quarterbacks I've ever seen play the game. To be honest, it's a shame he never got that championship, but he's he's obviously proven himself. I would say pretty well over the last two years over over in Tuscaloosa with Coach Saban. I think he's the right pick for Houston, and I think that this kid's going to be really good in the league one day. Yeah, I, I agree. Think, yeah, I think Houston's going in the right direction. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I think going. I think going into the combine, we might see a switch. Uh, you know, when his actual like height and weight get out there, yep. um, I think we'll probably see a little bit of shakeup. But I agree. I think he's the consensus number one. Hundred percent. Right All right, Arizona. Um, we got over there. I I think it's since how the mock drafts going. I think it's obvious who we're going to go here. I mean. They got they got the new head coach uh, Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator uh, Al Philly, and I think violence. Uh, yep. He 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 and he wants that. And speaking of violence, he had th- this guy two hundred seven quarterback pressures, seventy one quarterback hits, and fifty eight tackles for a loss, and thirty four and a half sacks. Will Anderson is the clear cut guy for the Arizona Cardinals. Depending on where he goes. Uh, if if he goes first, if they like him, but what Steven said, I agree with that take. I think they go Joe and Carter, even though uh, Will Anderson is the better overall number one prospect. They have to go Will Anderson here. There's no other option. And I think after watching how the Eagles played defense this year and seeing Jonathan Gannon's mentality, oh, yeah. See, I think that's a, that's the absolute cut. perfect perfect match. Yeah, I agree. Because Will Anderson's all about what Jonathan Gannon's about. Yeah, I agree 100. Um, percent I do think though there is a scenario where the Cardinals trade back. Yeah, I could see but that. But the only way that that happens is if, um, like, the like Vegas or the Panthers really want Will Levis. Yeah, but I, I don't. Mean, I don't really think that's. Which I, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I know. We'll, we'll get we to him. We saw later. this already. We'll. T- well, we're gonna get to. Yeah, him. We'll, we'll get to. We'll, we'll, get to we'll, we'll get to him. We'll uh, get to Will Levis. So at four, I've got the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, this wait. is another team that I think needs a quarterback. Um, they're sick of their, you know, two their one to two year rentals. I mean, ever since Luck, you know, Brissett, uh, Philip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan experiment didn't work out. Nick Foles um, for a couple weeks. Nick Foles, shout out, <laughs> shout out, <laughs> shout out, Nick Foles, um, Eagles legend, but. So I, I obviously I'm here. I've got C.J. Stroud or I've got Will Levis. 
I think that CJ Stroud is the right pick for them. However, however, totally agree. I yes. don't think the Colts would pick him mm-hmm. because I think they're going to pick Will Levis up because they're stupid. It's not that they're stupid. It's just that's like the that's the kind of guy John Dorsey is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, if he's not trading, I think the Colts either come away with Bryce Young at one or Will Levis at four. I, I think that's how it's going to go. I, 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 and I don't get why they don't, they're not going to take CJ Stroud. It, it might happen. I know. I know. We're all per, 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 uh, assuming that's going to be Will Levis, but like what the media is saying, it's, it looks like it's going to be Will Levis. Yeah. And so that's why I got them going there at four. Here's the thing, like. I don't trust in pro days anymore. After Zach Wilson, I'll yep. never oh, believe yeah. in Agreed. pro day anymore. Agreed. Yeah. And that's that's why they're going to do this, because exactly. of his pro day. Yeah. Like, I, listen, you do you. I'm not a Colts fan, so Coach no, Trout him in. Have fun. I don't dislike I'm Will Levis. No, I, me neither, no, but I just yeah, don't no. trust I, the pro I think, day. I think he's 100% the number three quarterback in this class. Yes. Yes. He's not above Stroud or Young for me. But I think Stroud would be the right pick here. I just don't think that's what they do. Yeah. So moving yeah. on, number five, what do you got over there, Seattle? I got Seattle. They're going edge, I believe. Yep. And I watched this. I've watched watch this dude play a couple games this year. I don't watch a lot of Texas Tech football. But Tyree Wilson, yep. 6'6", 275 pounds. We talk about violent. This guy's got it. He was going to get after that quarterback, and he's going to do it fast. He can run. He gets off the ball quicker than just as quick as Jalen Carter and Will Anderson do. I mean, he was in a little bit of a lighter spotlight, I guess you'd say, yeah. playing for Texas Tech compared to Georgia and Alabama this year. But I mean, six six, dude, two seventy five off the edge. That yeah. is that is Listen, scary. I, I think I know, for Trent uh, this website years. has Miles Murphy rated above Tyrese Wilson. I one hundred not to say Miles Murphy is bad, but I give that slight edge to yeah. Tyrese Wilson. Yeah. So I agree. I think that's a great pick for Seattle. Mm. So Here's what I'm thinking. I'll, I'll, it's either between Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon, or De- De- Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Right. I think I think lines go. I think the lines go cornerback here to, to try to match up with Jeff Okuda on the outside. I agree. They're, they're building a great defense over there, and I like the way they're going. But at the end of the day, I am going to go Witherspoon out of Illinois just just because of how good he is in the field. Like he has f- fantastic field vision. He knows like he knows like well, what the reads are. He knows how to see quarterback size. He knows how to see coverages very well. And I think that he'll be the better better person in Detroit. And I think it's Witherspoon. I like yeah, that. I, I like it as well. I, I, I don't think yeah, I think like Witherspoon, Gonzalez and Porter, I'm having trouble ranking them one, yeah, two, me and three. Too. So it's, it's been it's like it's all it's all drastic trying to rank and those. And it guys. depends what you want in a exactly. guy, right? So but I agree. Will I agree Devin Witherspoon it would be a great pick. So here I am uh, at seven. I've got the Raiders. Um, listen, C.J. Stroud said, <laughs> "What did he say? What I forget." What he said. I, I he forgot said, what he said. Like, he, he said, uh, he I said don't something. Know. About, he said, essentially, he said he wanted to play with Devonta, yeah, Devontae Adams. Yeah, oh, it makes sense. And so that's why I've been saying Vegas is such a huge trade-up candidate with the Bears. But in this scenario, they don't even have to, and I don't think I have to explain myself. It's C.J. Stroud. Yeah. 100%. It's going to be CJ Stroud. They're going to uh, Vegas gets their guy. Um Devontae Adams gets somebody new and fresh at quarterback and CJ Stroud is happy. Yeah. And I think that that's a great pick for Las Vegas cuz again, as much as you know how much I dislike the college that CJ Stroud comes from, I do give credit where credit's due and I think he's going to be a very good 
I think he's going to be a very good quarterback in the NFL. One of the best we've seen come out of Ohio State in a while. And I think in, in, India, in Indianapolis, I don't know how well I feel about that take, but in Vegas, I do have full confidence in him with yeah. Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs if he stays, uh, and Renfro. Yep, agreed. So I'm up at eight with Atlanta. Yep, yes, sir. I'm getting all the I'm getting all the D line needs. You here. are. You really are. <laughs> you really are. I will say. You know, this is a tough one. Uh, but there's two guys I pick between here, and I'm gonna go with. I'm just gonna go with the Big Ten here. To be honest with you, I'm gonna go with Lucas Van Ness Whoa. out of Iowa. Wow. Okay, so that's over Miles Murphy this high. Yes. I I. <laughs> I saw, Whoa. I seen like on NFL Network, they were talking about this yesterday actually, and I, I think it was, um, I forget who said it. It was one of the, it was one of the Good Morning Football cast talking about it. Yep. And they, he said, he's seen this kid work out, and I know I just said don't trust the pro day, but that's more for a quarterback that I don't trust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel, court, like, yeah. especially with like the way the pro days work, there's like mm-hmm. no real pressure, it's yeah. just him throwing, so. For like a lineman, you could... 100% earn a spot at a pro day or what, a combine. Yeah. And they were saying that this kid's pro day was phenomenal, probably better than better than Murphy's pro day, and they said that they have a feeling that his combine is going to be yeah. absolutely spectacular, which I think that that could put him ahead of Miles Murphy, which, I mean, I don't know, but, you that's, know, there's always those wild card picks that you don't know what's going to happen. I have a feeling it's going to be the Falcons. That's some year. huge yeah. vision from you, Bill, and I don't hate it. I don't yeah. know. I like it, Bill. All right, go ahead. Carolina on the <sighs> clock. What do you think? All right. Everyone's saying, I don't know, I don't know if you've been looking at the media, everyone's thinking they're going to take uh, Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, the, he's going to be the fourth-ranked guy at QB, but at the end of the day, when you have – Carolina's quarterback room is not terrible right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Sam Darnold that came out in the second half of the season playing very, very good football. And you have a solid backup in P.J. Walker and Matt Corral on the bench. I mean, Matt Corral hasn't showed his potential yet. But I don't think they go quarterback here. I think Panthers are going to realize or give Sam, Sam Darnold or one of their fresh quarterback rookies they gave last year. I'm going to go Quentin Johnston at TCU wide receiver. I think oh, wow. okay. it's, a, it's, it's a hot one. I know. I know. But I think since, since Robbie Anderson left, I think chosen Anderson. Oh, yeah, sorry. I think that uh, <laughs> he will be the guy that. Uh, oh yeah, he changed his name yesterday. I yeah, he, about cho- that. he changed his name to chosen. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, that, that, for like that's, the third time, right? Yeah, yeah. that's dumb. But besides, <laughs> besides that, I think they go with uh, they. They need they need a breakout guy wide receiver. I know they had they had DJ Moore, but I feel like he need they need to go get they they need a guy along him that can play a ball, go up and give those boy balls that what. Carolina needs in the passing game, and I think Quentin, jo- Quentin Johnson does that for them. So you're sticking with Sam Darnold in Carolina, or right now I think the start of the season I want to stick with Sam Darnold because uh-huh. how good because in, in, in the later half of the year. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. hate that. I don't hate it. I mean, I could see it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that. That's, I think that's they're gonna go Richardson, but I can yeah. see that. I just, I don't know, because like you have you have Sam Darnold obviously, but like you have Matt Corral. I, I I don't know how he I don't know how he's gone through camp and like all that stuff like that, but like. I feel like you can give those guys a shot. I just I don't think they're quarterback, and I wait, and I think they wait till next year. Yeah, I was about to say the quarterback class next year is a little pretty exactly. good. Exactly, gonna be loaded next year. So at ten, uh, I've got the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, 
And, uh, you know, you guys get a little view into how I'm feeling about the offseason right here. Um, depending on how things turn out, you know, we'll see how things go with Bradbury, with the guys on the yeah. D-line. Mm-hmm. But with this board, uh, Miles Murphy is going to continue to fall, and I'm going to take Christian Gonzalez here. Eagles are going to pair up the young gun with uh Darius Slay he's gonna learn under Slay he's gonna learn from Maddox and I think this will be a really good fit for them I like that I like that too you don't you don't want Porter it's not that I don't want Porter Porter's my personal number one I just think Gonzalez fits better from what we saw last year but who knows it's really gonna depend on who we get at the DC yeah yeah Makes sense. So I, I'm not sure yet. Depends on what kind of system we'll get. But right now, I think Gonzalez would fit the Philly system better. So I like that. You know what? And for my next pick at pick 11, I have the Tennessee Titans. And I just got the breaking news. I just, well, saw, I, this I, I just well. saw this. Sorry, Martel. I wasn't on my phone because I was doing the show. But that Mr. Taylor Luan, the Michigan man himself, has been released from the no, Tennessee that, Titans. I yep. think it's – go ahead and say it. So though. the Michigan man is leaving in Tennessee – and I think that the Columbus man is going to replace him, and the Tennessee Titans are going to draft Paris Johnson Jr. here with the 11th pick. I Perfect pick. Perfect pick. He's going to go from Michigan to the bad guys in a year. But Paris Johnson Jr., again, I put all my hatred aside when it comes to mock drafts yep. about Ohio State, is, is a dog. I remember seeing him in high school. He used to throw kids around like rag dolls on Instagram. Yep. I used to see it pop up. And he was, he was a dog at Ohio State. He was a very good football player. I think he's going to continue to be good, and I think he's going to be a great pick for the Tennessee Titans. Perfect pick. That's if they pick. do it. That's a good pick, Bill. I, li- I like that pick a lot. Number 12, I got, we got Houston. And I, I, I've been looking at some, some mock drafts, and I see that a lot of people have Quentin Johnson going to Houston. <laughs> well, he's already gone. And I'm like, oh, I already picked him. So I'm not going to pick him, obviously. But I think that Houston – Needs a run game, all right. And I don't, I don't know how the running back. Uh, who, who's a running back right now? Uh, it, Damian Pierce. It is Damian Pierce. I think they go fresh. What? Well, hold on. Go ahead. Bijan Robinson. Whoa! You got Bijan? I got Bijan going to Houston. I think At twelve. I think, he, he, dude. Have you watched this? Have you have you seen this guy's stats? It's a running man, back, though. I don't know, man. I know, but I, I think I, wherever he goes, he's going to be great. And if you have a dynasty fantasy football league, I would definitely consider drafting him. Yeah, but I don't know if they're going to take oh, him at twelve. All right. That, that that's that's my take. I that's mean, the Texas take. the Texas kid stays in Texas, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but wow. That, that's that's a good, that, yeah. That's one of my theories too. All right. So I've got the New York Jets here. I've got two options. Yeah, I've, I've got I'm, O-line or I've got safety. I am going to go O-line because um, I think uh, it's going to be Peter Skaronsky out of Northwestern. I think he's – I, ju- I just think they need help on the O-line. Um, and, yeah, you could say they do need that safety help, but that's something that can be addressed later. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my take. At 14, I got the New England Patriots, and I'm going, going Joey Porter Jr. here. Patriots need help in that secondary. Joey, Por- Joey Porter, his junior, his yeah. father was an animal. He's a dog at Penn State. He's been a dog there. I thought, I honestly, I don't see him going this far. He's just on our board. I think he's going to get taken before that. Agreed. But I, And I think wherever he does go, I think he's going to shine and do great things. But I think specifically in New England, under guidance of Mr. Billy B., he will do. He will do a great job, and 
He'll develop, and he'll be a very good uh, defensive back in this league. Unfortunately, I don't think there's going to be any corners getting drafted this year that are like a Sauce Gardner good. Yeah, but yeah I agree. I think yeah. there's a – sorry. No, you're good. I'm done. I think there's one clear cut for Green Bay. I think they need a tight end. I think, yep. Tun- I think Tunyon fell off. Not, he, had, he didn't have a great year this season, but like compared to last year, you know he got hurt, but the year before that he was having a good year. But I think Michael Myers from Notre Dame is one of their best fits for for Green Bay. And I think I think I think every mock draft that I've seen, Mel Kipler, any single person, they have uh, Michael uh, Mayer go, going uh, going fifteen. And set, set, you look at the stats, but like at the end of the day, he he's a dog. He can put, he can play the game of football. He he's, he's good. He's real good. I agree. Uh, here, just gonna keep it. You know, short and sweet. Uh, commanders, they need a corner. Um, I think uh, he's a little bit lower on the board here, but I don't think he should be. I'm going to go Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. Um, I, like I, I, I think he's going to rise a lot uh, during the combine. Um, I think Cam Smith is also a good pick here, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go Emmanuel Forbes. And, hey. Nice. You got Pittsburgh. You got my own team here. Oh, how did this work out? How did this work out? Now, listen, I, I, I have said this in the past throughout the year, which I this isn't going to happen. We do need. I do want another weapon, not with the 17th pick. I don't. Obviously, Respect. Obviously, I'm going to address the elephant in the room. We need an offensive line. Yep. Najee Harris should not be only averaging 3.8 yards per carry. He's, he's, he's a big enough, strong enough, and good enough running back to be better than that. And that comes with offensive line help, which is why we need to take Mr. Broderick Jones, offensive yep. tackle out of Georgia, national champ, played great all year. I think I, I think he might be the one. I saw the stat. I'm not going to – don't quote me here, but I'm pretty sure he's the one that didn't give up a sack in his two years of being there. That is mm-hmm. correct. I might have to research that and do more on that. But I believe that is correct. I think that he played two years at Georgia and didn't give up a sack in his two years That's of insane. playing there. And and I don't think he missed many snaps either. Yeah. So he's obviously shown that he can do it on the big stage too. He's a two-time national champ, played great in both those games. So, perfect pick. Talking, Welcome to Pittsburgh. Talking to a started inter- starting from a, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Would you like him? And then you guys signed Taylor Luan. You know, I was on the Taylor Luan train until I heard him start talking smack on TJ Watt. Once you start True. talking on our, yeah. on our best player yeah. like that, I don't want you anymore. He apparently. Apparently, he spit in T.J. Watt's face when we beat them a few years ago. Oh, and okay. that, that's an ultimate sign of disrespect. All right, no, that's fair. That's fair. So I did want him, but I take T.J. Watt over Taylor Watt. Yeah. Um, I got Detroit. And that Aiden Hutchinson, but they don't got anyone else. And if you watch this guy's high school highlights, and I think you already know who I'm going with, Stevie, Brian Breeze, Clemson, yep. or uh, Perfect. Uh, D-line. I mean, Perfect pick, Mo. It, it's just Perfect it's just, pick. It's it's perfect. Like talk about like physicality in that locker room with Dan Campbell and this guy right here. He's all about physical. He's all about that mindset. He he wants to hurt people, and I think this is a. a I think when Dan Campbell sees this guy on the board later on in the rounds, he's gonna be like, "That's my guy. Yep. That is my guy." And I think he he goes eighteen to to, to Detroit. I agree. Uh, running a little bit short on time, so gonna run through oh, a yeah. couple Go here. Ahead. Yep. Uh, uh, Seahawks here at 20. I think this is a trade back spot, but uh, their own line played okay this year, but I think they're going to need to beef up. So this is where I go Osiris Torrance, first interior guy off the board. I think he's going to help out a lot, keep Geno and uh, Kenneth Walker <laughs> running. And I would have sent him to the Steelers, but the Steelers need the Steelers need more help on the edge right now than they do interior. I think we skipped Tampa, by the way. 
did we? Yes, 19 Tampa. We totally did. Well, Tampa's <laughs> my bad. I think I ta- totally skipped over Tampa. No, nah, just so you know, if Anthony Richardson is still on the board here, right? Since oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you take you take Tampa. You take in this Tampa. draft. If if I have Tampa right now, or wait, no, you have Tampa, don't you? Well, I accidentally well, just did oh, Seattle, okay. so you do Tampa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, since Mo didn't take Anthony Richardson, <laughs> well, I mean, if I'm Tampa and Anthony Richardson's there, I'm taking it. Oh yeah. All right, so it makes yeah, I, I that's fine. All right, yeah. so now now Mo, you just go, you go to you go yeah. to L.A. Um, I think that an L.A. I know I people are saying Jethan Smith and Jake Bowie receiver, and I, that's what I'm going to go with. But I'm going to explain why I go with him. I think Keelan Allen's hitting his older days. Yep. I mean, I, I think he's, what, 33 now? Turning 33? Yeah, he's, he's getting up there. I he's think he's, up a there. Cut, he's a cut candidate yeah. as well. And he he is your shifty guy, and I feel like if you put Keelan Allen there for two years and Jack, Jackson Smith and Jake Butt is there to learn under him and you have your big ball deep threat and, and Mike Williams, I think Jeff, Jackson Smith and Jake Butt is a, is, a, is a great pick there, especially with his – if you guys ever watched that Rose Bowl game against Utah, yep. he – one of the best wide receiver college uh, like stat lines I've ever seen before. So I, I think they go Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Agreed. Uh, another team that desperately needs wide receiver help at 22 is the Ravens. Yep. Don't have to say much. It's Jordan Addison on yep. the board. Yep. Reg, 20, Vikings. 23 with Minnesota. Uh, DB they need, obviously. <coughs> I'm going to go Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State. He's 14 gone. interceptions. I, I drafted Emmanuel Forbes earlier. Oh, oh sorry. Goose. Sorry, the app's not working, so I'm on CBS now. I took Washington. Uh, Washington took Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. Is Kelly Ringo still there? Kelly Ringo is yeah, there. All right, so is. we're going to go Kelly Ringo then. I'll go two Georgia guys straight. Sorry. <laughs> the app, app kind of crashed on my computer. So It'd I'm, be like that sometimes. I'm kind of trying to keep track of my head. But, well, yeah, they need they needed secondary help. We'll go, uh, how do you say his first name again? Kelly Ringo. Kelly Ringo out of Georgia. Mo, you got Marty's favorite team in your I know. hands. What's going I know. on over All right, there? Marty, if you're listening in. Don't disappoint him. He's I'm used to it I when don't, it comes to these kind of things. I, I don't think – I think I should go tight end here, okay? Okay. And I'm seeing that a lot of people are saying the Utah kid, Dalton. I don't think that. They want they want mean guys. And I think Darnell Washington Uh-oh. is a perfect fit for Jacksonville, Okay. <laughs> And I'm not just saying this to bust Marty's uh, chops, but, yeah, I want Darnell Washington to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Martell texting in the group chat, not happy about that. Uh, <laughs> Eagles fan now drafting for the Giants. Um, I think this pick, it's, it's going to be either corner, linebacker, or wide receiver. I think somebody who's going to get drafted a lot earlier that's still on the board is wide receiver Zay Flowers at Boston College. So that's who I'm going to go here for the Giants. Okay. A lot of big-name guys still on the board, but at, for Dallas, what do you got? Is Miles Murphy still here? Miles no? Murphy is still yeah, on the board. Perfect for Dallas. They need to get that D-line just a little bit meaner already with yeah. Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence. Um, Dallas is known for how good their defense was this year. I think they need to just keep improving that. And I could see them going with Miles Murphy here, and I would not be shocked. I was seeing reports yesterday. If Dallas were to trade up at some point, I don't know why, yeah, but no, I just I, saw I, I a buzz around. I could see them, but I don't know what they would trade up for. Now here's where I'm in a sticky, sticky bunch. Yeah, 
Yeah, because you picked a guy that they Because you picked B. John Robinson <laughs> in the Texans. I don't know. We've got to skip past uh, that. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. I get some hate for it, but. Deserved hate. I think that B. John Robinson is more of like a downhill runner, smash mouth football, and I don't think that he he's going to fit well in that Sean McDermott scheme. That's why I picked Brian Robinson, so I can go with Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. I think he's a little. That's a good pick. He's though. a he's a shifty guy out of the backfield, very very agile. He's he's quick off his feet. He kn- he knows how to run the football. And he knows how to get. He knows how to pass the football as well. He's a good receiving running back. I think that Josh Allen will be uh, very 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 happy if they get That's Jameer a Gibbs out of. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, Hayden Hurst is leaving Cincinnati. I got them a pick 28. Dalton uh, Kincaid is still on the board. Easy pick up at tight end for sure. 100%. Oh, yeah. Cincinnati? Yep. Um, now we're down to New Orleans. I'm going to go with Mr. Keon White out of Georgia. Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech, the edge rusher. I've seen him play against Georgia. He actually played very well against them in that rivalry week game. I mean, obviously... The scoreboard t- will tell you different, but he played very well against that very, very dominant Georgia offensive line, was making plays, making tackles all over the place. I think he can do this in New Orleans as well while helping them compete for that wide-open division next season. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that's such a, like, deep-cut pick. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. I, I like it, Bill. Philadelphia Thanks, at pick 30. Um. I think I think the, I think the the Pittsburgh man stays in PA. I think I, they go Clayton uh, Cancy, D lineman out of Pittsburgh. Watched him play the first game of the season against West Virginia, and my goodness, did he have a day! I mean, he's he's right. he's he's, uh, he's under he's undersized, I will say, but he he is like people are comparing him like Aaron Donald, which is very 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 uh, hard to uh, uh, realize. But I think he's a very good player. He, he's very quick with the football. He he he's uh he's very agile. He moves very well. I think they go D Wyman for Philadelphia. I I don't hate it. I I, I don't hate it. Um, I got Kansas the City. Cox thing. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt you. No, you're good. But yeah, Cox, yeah, yeah. So uh, here we go. I got Kansas City at 31. Uh, Super Bowl champs. They 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 got their. I think it's either going to be wide receiver or uh, edge. Mm-hmm. I think ideally they probably go Nolan Smith here, but. Jalen Hyatt is still on the board. That's what I'm saying. And I think Jalen Hyatt would be perfect. Perfect. So technically, this is the end of round one, but Steelers do hold pick 32 to round to round, to start the second round. But here it's so go ahead, just give us pick 32. Yeah, give us pick 32. Give us pick 32. Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, sir. Give me Zay Flowers. Oh, he's gone. How? I told you. I picked him earlier. I oh. picked the Giants. The Giants picked Zay oh. Flowers. You know what, Bill? I need the board. You know what, Bill? Oh. I'll, Bill. You know what? I'll help you out, Bill. You know what? I think Pittsburgh goes Josh Downs from North Carolina. Oh, my God. Are you seeing this guy? No, it, honestly, I, I think Kayshawn Boutique is probably going to yeah, go he, a- ahead of him. But. Yeah. Is it, we'll see how it plays out. I'm sorry to destroy your hype there, Bill. Yeah, That's Bill, sad. man. You look, you're so distraught over there I now, I thought he was available. This is why, this Wi-Fi is it's crazy in this man. He's so sad. <laughs> He's so sad. I can't even connect. It'd be like that. Uh, All right. Well, that'll round out the uh, our draft here. Um, that will round out our draft. And Martel screaming at you. Brian Branch is still available. That is true. All right. Um, All right, Martel. You're not on a show for a reason. <laughs> you called in sick. You got to deal with it, Martel. Yeah, Martin. You got to deal yeah, with Martin. it. So... 
Battle round out. Uh, I think this was a pretty good segment. I, I, I had a great too. time. I had a great time. I, me too, Stevie. Thank you for having me. No and problem. It's great we, to have you. We, we had a couple hot takes, but like at the end of the day, I, not that dude, I mean, I don't know how your seat isn't on fire with the Bijan. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a little crazy. That was a little crazy. That was a little crazy, but that is that's all right. That is okay. Um, Martel saying he loves us in the chat. We love you too. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's going to do it for the first hour. We're going to take a little bit of break. Uh, we will be back. We'll be talking some basketball for the full hour. Uh, so Wilkes basketball recap coming up and then some NBA. Uh, but for football, I was joined by... Oh, Mo Garino. Thank you for having me. And of course, as always... Charles Reginald Searle. Yes, sir. And of course, my name is Stephen Yukoski. Um... You're currently tuned in to The Letterman, Monday, Wednesday, Friday from 12 to 2 on 90.7 WCLH, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Hazleton. We will be coming back at you with that second hour of basketball. But for now, don't forget to keep it locked. Welcome back. You're currently tuned in to 90.7 WCLH, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Hazleton for the second hour of The Letterman. Uh, my name is Steven Yukoski, joined by Ariel Reed. And we will be coming at you with some uh, recaps of the men's and women's basketball season here at Wilkes University. Um, the last time we talked about this was during my show during winter break, semester break sports, of which you were actually with me on that show, Ariel. I was, yeah. I actually was going to mention that. I mean, I feel like I haven't been on the radio since semester break sports. You know, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in talking sports, specifically basketball, but yeah. Yeah, well, let's just hop right into it. Uh, obviously, you were you are a senior, so you did mm -hmm. play your final collegiate basketball game last weekend on Saturday. Um, so you guys ended your season eight and seventeen overall, seven and nine in the conference. Go ahead and walk me through that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, for us, it was a really, really long road. I mean, we had a great dominant win over Keystone for the first game of the season. Um, and we really thought that would set the tone for the season. But, you know, then we came up against a slew of really tough teams. Um, almost all of our non-conference opponents were nationally ranked. And uh, that kind of, you know, made us go like, I don't know, I think like at one point we were like 2-10 and ten in the season. Yeah, that, so, that would be correct. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, times during there, it was like we were down and out about a lot of things with that. And um I mean, overall, we uh, we ended up turning around. We won a couple crucial conference games, and it allowed us to be better overall, I want to say, with that. I mean, all of our non-conference games really, like, gave us the fire, the willpower to kind of do better in our regular season games because we played such tough opponents. But uh, there was a couple games that we lost that were, you know, neck and neck. And when it came to the end, for us to end up making the playoffs, we would have to be DelVal at DelVal. And yeah. uh, just just fell short of that game. Yeah, I mean, uh, fell short's a little bit of an understatement, unfortunately. But yeah. I mean, you guys you guys really did put it together towards the end of the season. I mean, you had a two game win streak. You know, uh, beat Arcadia on Senior Day. Had a mm -hmm. you know close that overtime game against Will. Uh, excuse me, against Kings on Valentine's Day. Um, but it, 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 you know, as somebody who was there at the game, it was you know it was a little bit depressing to watch. 
not yeah. gonna lie to you. Um, but for no. the you know, in terms of like the future of the team, I, w- w- what do you think is gonna go on next season? I mean, I know there's some changes to the staff. If you want to touch on that, yes. So um, for our listeners who are not aware, uh, we did have our head coach Tara Machaco step down from her position. Um, uh, coach Max served in her role for. I mean, she served as a coach for 19 years, 23 years total. Um, she was actually at Wilkes for the start of her program before taking over the head coaching position at Marywood. And then from there, she came back to Wilkes for, I think, five years she's been here. And uh, from what she told us, she said, you know, she loves basketball, everything of that. But, you know, she just felt that it was time and she was ready to move on and past basketball. And now she is the director of facilities and events at riverfront sports in scranton so she's going back towards home a little bit more uh with that and i mean she was a great coach she taught us a lot of things um she helped us get our first first playoff berth in over 30 years i think 30 years of women's basketball program history and after we played uh, number nine to sales she told us she sat us all down and basically said like look for us to make playoffs we essentially have to win out. I mean, we could drop one game like Misericordia. We dropped and we would would have been okay if we would have won out the rest of them. But we, uh, she sat us down and told us like, look, like this team, like we've played, like, you know, we played number 13 Springfield. We played number four Scranton. We played, I don't know. I forget what Skidmore was ranked or if they were like right outside the top 25 at the time. But she's like, we played Skidmore, you know, we played all these teams to get you ready for this. And, you know, down the stretch, we had those moments. We had that, shining part where that we looked like we were going to do extremely well. And then, you know, obviously one beat Arcadia on uh, senior day beat Kings and then went down to Del Valle and, uh, mistakes were made, I guess <laughs> <laughs> to put it, to put it nicely. That, we, uh, that, that is a little bit, did uh, not a kind way to put it. Mistakes were unfortunately made. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, when you look at the back half of the season, I mean, you had the dominant win over FDU Floorham. You know, like you said, you dropped one to Miz in OT, which wasn't like the biggest deal, but you guys were in the win and in position at the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the last game of the season. So to even get there is tough. You Especially know? like whenever you're looking at our record. I mean, heck, we were sitting at probably like two and 13 at one point. Right. Yeah. But to, to even get to that position, you know, it is uh, commendable, but... You know, I just have to ask you, Ariel, what what was, like, your favorite point in the entire season? Do you have, like, a favorite moment? Oh, Nelly, my favorite point for this season? Yeah. Ugh. You know what, Ariel? Think... You know, you're a senior. You know, what? just your favorite <laughs> moment of all time when you when you were playing here at Wilkes. All time. Oh, Nelly. Oh, Nelly. God, there's, <laughs> there's been a lot of things, you know, over the past four years, Stephen. So, uh, I mean, I've enjoyed every moment of the journey throughout the entire time here, but... I think, I mean, a couple that I could highlight would be definitely our uh, going up to Springfield, playing that tournament. I mean, it was awesome to be able to spend that much time with my teammates and be able to, like, learn more about them and be able to, like, visit, like, where basketball was founded, you know, get to Mm. do all all that and make memories with them. Um, Beating Stevens at Stevens on their senior day. I mean, that was just an insane day uh, last year. I Obviously, I didn't play because I tore my ACL, but... uh, I don't know, being there in the moment and realizing like, oh, like we, we really can beat Stevens because they're a phenomenal team. They're almost mm-hmm. always nationally ranked or right on the outside of that top 25 looking in. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I think if I had to pick two moments, it would definitely be those two. It's pretty awesome, Ariel. Yeah. Man. You know, I, I'm sorry that the season had to end, you know, the way that it did. But, at, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that's just how, you know, things fall sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I remember when I was, you know, keeping up with everything during the break, um, you guys had a lot of foul troubles. And I feel like that's something that you guys really cleaned up down the stretch. Um, I didn't. I, I wasn't feeling like you had nearly as many um, up until the last game of the season. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd say that you know that goes to your guys. You know, the players, you, um, you know, Julia Marino, Brianna Horan, Emma Stout, everybody on the team, their work um, to trying to fix that issue. So, you know, just <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely was a long journey to get to where we were, but. Uh, we did that. We came. We overcame a lot of things throughout the season. And, you know, I feel like most of us wouldn't change it for anything. And I mean, I don't know if you are, if you believe in this, Stephen, but you know, I believe that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. So there had to have been a reason bigger than us that, uh, you know, we we weren't meant to win out and make it into the playoff tournament. So, no, I I, I agree, one hundred percent. And just to give like a quick thank you, because like I, you know, I did say like you were a senior, but mm-hmm. also shout out to Brianna Horan and Kendra Smith, who also played their last games. Um, so, yeah, how how are you yeah. feeling though? You know, like afterwards. I mean, I know, I, now <laughs> you know you're 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 a couple days removed. Um, yeah. How are you feeling? I feel good. I feel um, at peace with it. At peace with basketball. I mean, I've given a lot of. I've played basketball since I was four. So you know, now that I am twenty one, almost twenty two, like. That's 18 years of my life that wow. I've pretty much dedicated to basketball and the sport. So um, it's definitely going to be an adjustment upcoming in the future. I'm sure in the winter it'll be a little bit harder to uh, get through um, the day and during different things just because, you know, 18 years I've been doing basketball in the winter. But Yeah, you're so used – your body's so used to it. Your brain's so used to playing. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to find, you know – I'll find a new outlet. Else. Don't you worry. You'll find a new hobby? Yeah. Um, are yeah. you gonna join a book club? Maybe, I, maybe, uh, maybe you'll join like a like a chess team. Um, you play chess, Ariel? I actually do. I'm not very good at it, but mm. I've played. I like have dabbled in chess for you a little dabbled. bit. Dabbled. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I uh, I think I'm gonna turn to uh, Olympic powerlifting and compete Olympic that way. Olympic powerlifting. Yeah. I uh, I have a couple of friends who do Olympic powerlifting and like competitively, and I've yeah. always been like good at weight training. Like I've lifted since fourth grade. I think that's mm. the age you're considered safe to start start like heavy lifting. I wish I could tell you. Yeah. Um, so I've been lifting since like fourth grade. And, you know, I've always had that like athletic desire to win things. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely have to do something where I can compete. So uh, I think that's what I'm going to be pursuing after this. And I mean, like some people are like, oh, like, you know, play rec league basketball, do X, Y, Z, that sort of stuff. But um, I don't know. I've torn my ACL three times now. Uh, I think it, it's a uh, it's not in the cards unless I want to have triple knee replacements right. to keep playing basketball. I mean, no, and it's not to say that you won't, you know, oh, I'm you know, sure go I'll to the park and shoot some hoops, you know, whatever. Yeah. And obviously you, you'll be, you go, are you going to Texas? Right? I am going to Texas. Yeah. yeah. So you, you'll have your, you'll have your big girl job. Um, yeah. I got two years before I got to figure out what I'm going to do in that end. But <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure like, you know, once I have kids, you know, all four of my boys that will be starting all four of the, your boys. The, yeah. I don't want any girls. <laughs> the, the four starting lineup, um basketball kids that i'll have yeah oh so whatever high school whatever like school they go to it'll be your four kids and then, and like then a somebody fifth. else yeah i wanted to have five to have a starting lineup i used mm-hmm. to make that joke a lot with people but um ugh, f- 
five. I just feel like five's an odd number. You know, everybody has a buddy except for yeah. one of them. Yeah. So I think a nice even four would be good. All right. I agree. Uh, yeah. Moving on uh, to the men's basketball team, who unfortunately also missed the playoffs. Um, they ended their season on a positive note, 13 and 12 with eight and eight in the conference. And I know we were both there at that last game. Um, and, uh, but, you know, both of you had to win at, um, uh, at Delaware Valley in Doylestown if you wanted a shot to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the, the men's team was on a little bit of a losing streak. Then they came and dropped 100 on Kings. Shout out Jason Eberhardt. Uh, hitting that 100. 100 <laughs> point. And then I, <laughs> in Doylestown, to pull out a win, 69-66, when Jason shot that three-pointer, oh my god! I didn't think it was going in, and then it went I, in, and I was I was going crazy. So I don't know if you. Um, they told me that they listened back to the call the other day, mm-hmm. um, and I and and I was pretty sure that I sounded like this, but when I said it, I said it like a question, like I forget like, who passed it. I think it was Caden Caden Merrifield. Yeah, it's like Merrifield to Eberhart. Eberhart pulls from three. <laughs> and then he hit it, and I, yeah, they, I went crazy. It That's, was, yeah, it was nuts. I know that was also another good game. And I mean, I was talking to Jason a little bit before going down, and he said that they needed to win that game, and FDU needed to beat Misericordia for Correct. them to be in. And wow, I, I, I gotta say, I don't know if you were keeping up. Oh, I was. I was watching the live stream while also yeah. tra- tracking how many points Drake needed to hit a thousand. Yeah. And I was watching it in the game, trying to make sure that like they won because yeah. they needed to win overall. Right. And yeah, Martell and I, when we were calling the game, we had we had three tabs open. Mm-hmm. We had uh, our tab open, like the, uh, the sidearm stats. We had arcadia and miz i believe no no, no not arcadia and miz. and miz yeah fdu and miz and then arcadia and desalt desales just because if we would have won and fdu would have lost depending on our arcadia's outcome our seating would have changed yeah so we had that game going on um we were just keeping up on those scores and every time we checked fdu miz it was such a close game i, yeah. I mean fdu had the best game of the season at Miz on their senior day too, uh, mind yeah. You. So I, I mean, after you, hello Zachary Paraway, <laughs> nice to see you. Um, after after you, I mean, they really pulled out all the stops to try and help us out. Um, and I mean, they only lost. I I, I know they lost by like four, but really mm-hmm. it was you know you know how the foul shot game works at the end. Just yeah, try and limit the amount of points that each team can score can score. Um, so welcome Zach. Welcome, guys. Hi. How are you both? I'm doing pretty, good. Pretty good. How about you? I feel like I've been running all morning. <laughs> yeah, you're telling Who me. Hasn't? I've been in and out of meetings all day. It's nice to I know. I caught, you, I caught you earlier this morning, and then I haven't seen you since. Yes, you caught me um, on my end of one meeting running t- into um, my, like, departmental internship meeting sort of Oof. john yeah but you still managed to make it on the show for us I, I, I will always make time for you and zach stevie don't we you appreciate worry that. Yeah. yeah of course again uh martel not present today feeling a bit under the weather with the snow coming down in wooks bear it's snow. really coming down it, out there yeah. i didn't even notice until i just you know looked right now but mm-hmm. so yeah right now myself ariel and zach uh we're talking about the men's basketball season and zach yes. you you were there at the king's game 
So, you know, I know you didn't keep up with the season as much as Ariel I did, but what's your take on, you know, how they ended the season not making the playoffs? My take is at the end of the season, I want to say pretty strong. I mean, they dropped a lot of – they ended the season on a losing note because I think they played very strong throughout the middle of the season, and then they kind of, like, tampered off, I think, toward the middle of the season. I want to say around beginning of January, we kind of all saw this team. like, okay, you guys have a real shot at making the playoffs here. Let's see what you can do. And then they kind of came back around January 4th. They played that Stevenson ga- Stevens game and then, you know, kind of took a toll down from there. And I think they still had a shot, but they had to convert against teams that we didn't know. Like, they needed that Misericordia game, come to find out. They needed it badly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That game kind of made or break. That Arcadia that drop killed them as well. So I think those two games, probably bigger than anything else, kind of killed their season, yeah. if anything. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that. I mean, heading into the start of their season, like, if we go all the way back to the start of their conference play, um, that Lycoming game. Lycoming was picked as the number one seed overall. Yeah. They, and they clapped and They them. smashed them, right? Yeah, yeah. demolished. Absolutely. Like, 78-44. Ab- yeah, an absolute dominant win. And uh, everybody in the conference, like, coaches everything. Because I've talked to some of the other the men's basketball coaches and, you know, asked, like, things about, like, their season, that sort of stuff. And they said everybody thought it was going to be Wilkes into sales at the end, battling it out for the one and two seed to – win the MAC uh, championship, and then go into the playoffs. Yeah. But then something or another, I mean, my guess is just like the mental drain of the season, yeah. doing the same routine every single day. That kind of got to them, and they dropped a bunch of crucial games. Three in a row. Yeah. yeah. Three in a row twice. They dropped three in a row yeah. um, coming uh, out of December, and you, like you mentioned, the January 4th against Stevens. And then they dropped another three in a row uh, right before they – played FDU Floorham. Yeah. Um, which one of those losses was to like Combing Stevens and then a close one to DeSales. All three of those games were close. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I think that's the tale of the season, right? You know, like Combing the second time, January twenty sixth, loss in overtime. Stevens lost by two points, sixty five, sixty three. Um DeSales, I mean, 65-54. I mean an eleven point game, but it was still closer than that. And then the Misericordia game you know, that was only a six-point loss. And then Arcadia, the Arcadia game at home uh, right before we played Kings, that's sad. I mean, they, they went down early, you know. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were down, like, I don't even remember. They were down, what, like 12? I remember at halftime. They were down, like, 15, maybe Yeah, more. like 20, I think, yeah. at halftime. They were down by a lot. And then they came back in the second half and to be three points away from, you know, uh, nearly securing the play uh, uh, a spot in the championship that was mm-hmm. just the tale of the season. It was a it was a tale of streaks. They got hot and they got cold, and that's just how it was continuously. But I do yeah. want to say that last game, Trent Fisher and Drake Marshall had the games of their lives. It was like watch, watching old Trent Fisher. I mean, Trent's battled with a couple ankle injuries throughout the season, and God, like the, just the nostalgia of because I remember watching him his freshman year during the heart of COVID, and then a little bit his sophomore year. I mean. Kid can like right outright ball, but this was like the old tra- fashioned Trent Fisher that would drop twenty points a night on average. I think he used to average like at least ten rebounds or something of that sort. And watching that game was kind of like seeing a blast from the past. Yeah, I'm calling I, that Kings, mean, calling that Kings game, you can absolutely see that. My bad, Steven. Oh, you're good, man. He <laughs> looked like a man amongst boys out there. He would control. He controlled the boards over any guy that the Kings had out there. And granted, they were playing freshmen down low, but still. You saw him controlling the boards, using his athleticism to his ability, 
and they really had no answer for that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like going back to the Delaware Valley game, I mean, both of them had 24 points. I, I mean, Trent Fisher was under the basket all night long, and they just had no answer, especially, and, and I, I, I want to point this out because I, I thought this was something, it was crazy because I'd never really seen this before. When they had Trent, uh, Fisher and Jason Eberhardt on the court at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had a defensive mismatch um, when J- Jason got caught under the basket a couple times. But besides that, I mean, they, they were great, a great duo offensively. Yeah. You know, yep. you had to pick one or the other. And a lot of Jason was just dinking and dunking down there to uh, Fisher. And it worked out. And then obviously, Drake Marshall, just want to say, Congratulations on hitting a thousand points. I mean, mm-hmm. what a moment for yeah. him uh, to hit yeah. that in your last game. Especially because he's also, I mean, this is Drake's fifth year. He's done a lot for the program this the past five years. I mean, he started out, he uh, he reaped some of the rewards of the, the legacy of Rob Pecorelli and Mark Mullins and then kind of sort of had like that little rebuild. You know how teams go through like four-year Yay. dynasties and then they fall? Yeah, he, uh, he got to experience some of that four-year dynasty and then, you know, was a part of the four-year rebuild for you know being to where they are today and uh i don't know it's just it's a big moment for him and i mean knowing him as a friend even too i knew it meant a lot to him yeah yeah i agree and i you know it's tough to say because obviously it's kind of a bittersweet moment like you hit that um amazing milestone only to find out you know after the game that they fdu didn't pull it off do you actually do you know if they knew uh, like during the game, what was going they, on? I talked to Jason a little bit. They said that they had their coach on the sideline pull up the game, had the game on his phone, and they kept checking back while the game was going oh, on. Oh, so they did know. Yeah, they did so know. I was like yelling at yeah. them, like, FDU up by three, Miz up by one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I knew, we, we all knew. Like, we all, like, even everybody on the women's basketball team, we were sitting right there behind their bench. I mean, we got, the, we had every single stat up that we could, <laughs> trying to make sure that they knew whether or not they were going to make it. Yeah, Martell and I weren't sure when we were calling the game. We thought in our heads, like, they don't, they have no idea, like, how close FDU is, you know? Mm-hmm. But. That's what it is. So, uh, did, you know, they, did they find out that FDU lost before they finished the game? I don't know or if they don't know. figured out before they finished the game. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's got to that's gotta uh, be a Jason that's question. Gotta, that's, that's hard. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, Martell and I are like, that's man, gotta that's got to be hard to go sting. back to the locker room, too. That, and that's exactly what it was. You know, we were thinking, like, man, like, that's just really tough mm-hmm. to find out that way. But... But then again, also coming from another sport, I don't know how I would react to knowing the results as I was in the game. I don't know how I could react to that playing a different sport. Yeah, I agree. I, I, um, I'm not sure. It, it reminds me of like, you know, like the end of this uh, most recent NFL season where like there were three teams. Yes. Like Pittsburgh, Miami, and uh, the Patriots yes. didn't weren't showing like their well, scores. Well, I know they're the stadium, different. They can have like the scores on their like. Right, but they weren't showing those. Oh, they weren't. They didn't show wow. those game scores because they didn't want their guys to like get caught up in them in that. I'm they actually surprised by win. that. I know a lot of teams will tend to show the scores on their scoreboard for the fans in the stadium. I'm surprised. Well, they by showed that. every other game except like the ones that they knew. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you didn't know about that. No, yeah, I they, didn't. Uh, like they weren't showing those scores to try and keep their guys locked in. Because I remember back in the day when I was a little younger wee boy. A young wee boy. A young wee boy, a lad. They would show, when I, w- I would go to Ravens games, and they would show the results in the stadium for us. We would need like the stadium. was a playoff game or something. They would show that game right after. They would like stream it to their big screen. Yeah. 
And I was like, well, we can't necessarily do that here because, you know, we don't got big, giant scoreboards. But, I mean, having, having you know, the game on the sideline is probably helpful, especially with a game like basketball when it's different. You can have someone looking at the score on the sideline more readily available. Yeah. Actually, Ariel, I have to mm-hmm. ask you, do you, those two uh, guys on Delaware Valley, the two guys whose last name was Mark, did you did you know that they're the number fifteen and like I think it was number four. Their names were Godly Mark and Gaudy Mark. What? No, I have no to look way. At this. I have yeah, to no, look, look it up. I'm looking at the box right now. It's so Let real. Let me see that. When, oh my god. When Mark, I, I'm pretty. They're both. They're twins. Mark Godly and Mark Gaudy. Yeah, it was that's like te- that's terrible. I'm sorry. We were so Mr. Oh, and man. Mrs. Mark. Rename your kids. That is terrifying. Because. <laughs> Uh, Godly Mark number four was a starter, and he, his he subbed out for his brother like I don't know like ten minutes in or something. Oh man! And I was like, Martel and I were like coming in for Godly Mark is Godly, Godly Mark? Mark, and then that's when we figured out no. that they were like twins. That yeah, I didn't no know if you way. knew that or not. I did not. Yeah. Who does this to their children? For I real? just think that's pretty funny. Shout out Caroline Nolan. She's walking right now. Shout out uh, Miss Co-producer. Miss Co-producer of. Uh, <laughs> her class but life after yeah. 22 is the name of the production zach's head is spinning is the name of the game i can't wait to participate <laughs> i'm excited you're getting an email soon by the way am i getting an email soon yep. thanks zach oh but i love a good email <laughs> any any last reactions to you know the men's basketball season ariel i no. mean it's been it's been fun to watch them i mean they're really they're a really interesting group of guys they definitely have all the talent in the world and uh I don't know. I'm excited to see how they use it the next couple of seasons. I know they have a couple of good recruits probably on the on the rise coming in. So I'm excited to see where they grow from here. And especially to see, you know, like people that I've grown to be close friends with, uh, like Jason and uh, Trent and all of them. Like, I'm going to be excited to see where they go from here. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Especially like moving into uh, a new conference next season. Is it Landmark? The Landmark, Landmark. yes. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, we're going to transition to that schedule and those teams. I'm pretty sure Scranton's in the landmark. Is they that are. Yes. yes. Um, so. that'll be a tough competition. Um, I mean, every school in the landmark is academically considered a baby IV and a lot of the opponents are again on that nationally ranked part or on, on the outside, just barely looking in. Yeah. I will say though, for Scranton, I know that was actually the first basketball game that you that and I called. called. Yeah, yep. that was the first one you and I called during the season. Um, the men's basketball team, they had a close bout. It was uh, it was a 63-56 to 56 loss, but that was a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember first time first time sitting in the Marts calling a game. So that, w- that was that was a good time. But, yeah, so that's, that's going to do it for the end of the basketball season. Um, both teams end unfortunately missing the playoffs uh men's team needed some help didn't get it uh women's team unfortunately couldn't pull it together at the end but uh yeah so that's gonna do it for uh wilkes basketball um my name is steven yukoski joined by ariel reed zach Barwa, and uh, for the fourth and final half hour of the show zach is going to be running the board he'll be talking some professional basketball but for right now like i said my name is steven yukoski you're currently tuned in to the letterman on 90.7 wclh wilkes bears
And welcome back here at 90.7 WCLH. I am Zach now running the board. I was up here for college basketball for our great Wilkes Colonels. Both had seasons that didn't end in the playoffs, but you know, still had great seasons both individually. We got NBA on now. I'm joined by Dame. Hello, how we doing today? How we doing today? We doing good, Dame. How you feeling, baby? We're good, we're good. You know, fresh off All-Star Weekend. What was your reaction to All-Star Weekend, by the way? You did not make it to that Monday episode. How was you how would you feel about All-Star Weekend? definitely been better i feel like the dunk contest was more interesting than it has been in the past couple of years since 2016. yeah and matt that, mcclung kind of helped save yeah. save the entire thing yeah i think i think that was the highlight i did like what they did with the drafting though and how they did it i like how yoki said he's not gonna get drafted last week so he just went up to LeBron. <laughs> like, I, i'll probably do the same thing i would do the same thing too like who's gonna say the uh, the two-time mvp, MVP. Who's going to say no to that? Exactly, yeah. But, nah, we do have some news to talk about. Um, first thing I want to touch on, Hawks coach Nate McMillan has been fired. Wow. wow. They they have been having a tough season, especially with the expectations with uh, Devontae Murray and uh, Trey Young and all the people they have. Yeah, I honestly forgot they even had DeJounte because they're right now in the season at 29 and 30. They have their first game back from the All-Star break on Friday. But it's like you kind of forgot they got DeJounte on this team because the expectations going into the year were very much for this team to be a playoff contender, not even be in the play-in, but to be a top six seed in the East, compete with the Clevelands, compete with compete with the 76ers and kind of be that level below what the Bucks and the Bucks and the Celtics were. But they're coming in now and they're I think they're what the 10th seed fighting for a spot in the play-in. Eighth right now. They're eighth fighting for a spot in the play-in. Well, I do think they're a play a playing team right now. Yeah. Uh, the games I have seen by the Hawks, I noticed I haven't seen Trey and DeJounte play on the same, at, in the same court at the same time yet. I have not either. Let me actually go look at their minutes because what they might be doing is having them play at separate times, which I don't think is smart. But at the same time, it might just be due to um, them being two both very ball-dominant guards at the same time. So let me look at that. Yeah, but they, they, they're both too precious to come off one of them for come off the bench, I would say. I completely agree to that. Why did they bring me the roster? And then okay, so when you go, oh, there it is. Okay, I was about to say Hawks.com was not giving me their stats, but this team, can, this team offensively does not have an issue, which is what we kind of knew going into the season. They're eighth in scoring, twelfth in rebounds, they're twentieth in assists, which is not something you expect when you have Trey Young and Dejounte Murray yes. as your primary ball candlers, and their defense is what's killing them. They're twenty-first in defense, giving up sixteen point seven points a game. Yeah, no, uh, their defense is. Atrocious, I would say. It's, just, it's the only way I could put it. Dejounte Murray, uh, when they played the Trailblazers, they they let up. Uh, I think they were up by ten, going down to like the final three minutes of the uh, the fourth quarter. Let uh, they just gave Dame Lillard the ball and let him do his thing. Yeah. And then or they had uh, they just passed it around and kept shooting threes and like they just didn't guard up. That was literally it. Like they didn't they didn't attack. They didn't put pressure on them to say, oh, like, I'm going to make you feel nervous to take this shot. No, they, they left them wide open and kept it happening. I don't know what, what was it the coaching, what's the scheme, but, like, that was what was going on. Like, defensive-wise, well, they just need to figure it out. You want me to tell you something very interesting, though? What? So, the whole Hawks starting lineup, and we'll write the Hawks starting lineup down as Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, John Collins, and Clint Capella, Clint Capella and DeAndre Hunter. Young, Hunter, Collins, and Capella all have – Positive plus minus. 
DeJounte is the only member of that starting lineup with a negative plus minus, and he is sitting at minus point minus point oh three. So with DeJounte, you can kind of equate that to kind of being DeJounte being part of the reason this isn't working. Grant, I have not seen a lot of Hawks games myself either. He he is good. On the offensive side, he's he's a great like type of player. I'll say like James Harden, like Houston, but not as dominant as that. Like he does draw the foul every time. But defensive wise, he just he gets blown by a lot. Like he he does he does, and that that's what kills him. And it doesn't help when you have excuse me right there. It doesn't help when you have probably the worst on ball defender period right next to you and Trey Young. Trey, it's not even the fact that Trey doesn't try on defense. He's just bad at defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean Trey, they still assist the ball. Trey Young and Dejounte Murray average between each other sixteen, seventeen assists a game, which is good when you see out of your two, but. Outside of that, you got three from Bojan Bogdanovic, and then your next highest assist leader is Trent Forrest and DeAndre Hunter, both at sitting at point one seven and point one four respectively. See, this, the Hawks, the Hawks have always been a team where they rely on these starters. I never thought they have like a, a bench to back them up as well. Like even even back then when we were talking about um, like. 2012, 2013, when they were like the number one team in the East. Yeah, they relied on their starters. Yeah, that's what that's 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 what had that's what made them the way they are. Like they got yeah they got yeah they were good but like they had Dennis Schroeder, young Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench, which he was all right, but he just didn't get the job done at that point. And the same thing now, like they just don't have that depth that other teams do. Yeah, to keep going, like you can't keep playing. Your starters day in and day out. Like sometimes your starters don't perform. Yeah. So you have to rely oh on a role player to take part of that um of that load. And they don't really have a bench. Their bench is kind of what kills them. They don't have a bench unit at all. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, they well NBA.com has kind of posted some prospects because Hawks GM is not looking to field replacements for them. They've named um, Quinn Snyder. Kenny Atkinson and Charles Lee, who's an assistant from Milwaukee, as potential replacements for Nate McMillan. Uh, Charles Lee, I feel like, will be the best fit for them since he knows how to win. Yeah. And knows, like, like if you, if any, I respect anybody that can make a Drew Holiday an all-star. <laughs> like, like, bro, like, three you don't, years. You don't, mess in, you don't be messing with Drew? Nah, bro. Bro, he took, what was it? In, what, was it the, he was either conference finals or in the playoffs. Where he um I mean not the play, the finals, or uh, where he took like more than twenty shots in one game. I'm like that that's not what you do. That's not him. You don't you're not that type of player. I'm so like I like I'm not I'm not trying to hate on it, but like I just never seen him as that kind of player, and I still don't. Even if he's a two time All Star. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I honestly think Kenny Atkinson might be the best shot. I remember what he did in Brooklyn with with D'Lo and all of that. And then he's been working with Golden State ever since, having him being an assistant with Golden State, working with Steph, working with Clay, and then also him having success with that Nets team that led them to the playoffs. It's not a lot to go off of on a resume, but it's better than probably anything Nate McMillan has done. No yeah. offense. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> That's agreeable. That's agreeable. Because Nate McMillan, I remember him as the Pacers coach, the one who was there right after Frank Vogel. Yeah. And I couldn't tell you he was their coach right now. Well, one thing I don't like about 
getting a coach midseason like this is that they truly never get a chance. I don't think these guys – I think these are guys for the next season. I don't think they're going to be replacements for right now. I think they're going to do an interim right now. Yeah, but, you know, it's some teams it's some teams out just throwing somebody there. But some, some of the times the interim coach does good, but he was just an interim head coach, so he doesn't get another shot. Yeah. Like we've seen it in football with uh, Jeff uh, – Jeff Saturday. Saturday. Like, yeah, he came in. Like, people, he got hate on, but, like, he came in midseason. He did come in midseason. Like, I don't think he did an amazing job. I don't think he was qualified to be a head coach of an NFL football team. But I think the idea there is, yeah, I mean, you give him time there, be an assistant, and let him work in, especially when you hire someone from within. Like, the Hawks, I think what they're going to do here is probably promote assistant head coach, promote it for the rest of the season. Yeah. I think they kind of know with it. Turn- well, if they don't say it, I think they know internally that there's not going to do anything out of it. I think they know that this is kind of – Okay, we're gonna make the play, and we're gonna try and make some noise. We're not going to the finals or anything. I think, I think they make the play, they get in the playoffs, they play the first round and lose. Yeah, I, that's my expectations. I don't expect them to do much of anything. I mean, they, I don't expect them to do much of anything. Honestly, they, they, they're only good for taking out the Knicks. They're good for taking out the Knicks, and you know they're good to watch Trey Young attempt to play defense. For much as flack as James Harden got about playing defense back in the day, I don't see as much as that on Trey Young. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I really think, I really think people just hated James Harden because he was playing so good on the offensive side. And like, yeah, like, all right, he got defensive trouble though. Like, we had players like this now. Prime example: Dejounte Murray, Trey Young, or you could even. Or you can even switch it to playing good defense and no offense with Draymond Green. I don't see Draymond getting criticized a lot like, for his offenses. No. Like, I really don't like him. But know, I think what helps with that is the winning. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a big factor. But if you're going to if you're gonna say that about somebody else, then you, you need to keep it equal to everybody. Not as fair, yeah. Because if we're being up, bro, like, they don't. No team guards Draymond at the three-point line. No, no. He Why sits, would you? He sits there. At Why the, would you guard him? He sits. I like, like, like. I see this every time I play it. It, it, it just annoys me. Because if I'm Draymond, I'm sorry. Like I'm taking twenty shots a game. If that's the point. But you gonna make like five of them? All right. I'm fine <laughs> with that. You leaving me? You leaving me open? I'm gonna trust myself. And now something. If I'm Draymond, that's something I'll consistently work on. My yeah, favorite. that is valid. If you are going to be like that, you need to at least work on it too somewhat. Like, some you don't point. have to be great at it. You just have to. Got to be decent at decent. it. Like, you got to go back to what you used to be. Because, like, at this, this is. He, I remember Draymond used to be able to shoot back when those 72 and 10 Warriors. That he. Draymond was a shooter, not yeah. a shooter, but, like, he could shoot the rock. Yeah, yeah. Now you're at to the point where you need that shooting, and I don't know where it's went, but now it's to where the point you need to prolong your clear by being at least a shooter. Do what AK did, do what Ron Artest did, and be able to shoot. And play some little bit of defense down low because he can still he can still run run defense. I still give him that he can still run some defense, but yes. he is a cone on offense. Yes, and him being able if he was able to shoot, it will spread out the floor way more than it is now. Because if you have everybody just sticking to the paint or double teaming Jordan Poole or Steph Curry, whoever's in whoever's in right there, it's it's a struggle. It's a yeah. struggle for him. Yeah, you're making a, you're making the job harder. Yeah. And like, it's just like if you're gonna criticize one player for only playing playing one side and being better than the other, you just have to keep it. You gotta keep it consistent for everybody. Exactly. That's fair. I mean, we got 15 minutes left. You wanna run down some of the games we got coming back to tomorrow night? 
Let's see First game tomorrow night at seven o'clock from Mor- Mortgage Rocket Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland. We got Nuggets at Cavs. That's I think is going to probably be one of the best games of tomorrow night going into Friday. I mean, you have the number one seed in the West, probably the best team in the West, going against an undoubted top four team in the East this year. Donovan Mitchell has been on a tear. Yes, yes, I love. I'm not going to say I love the way the Cavs play. Like I love watching them play. The fact they fast pace, like they they either it's either off a of fast break or they you know they take their time and break you down. Yeah, they don't they don't force everything. And I love that. I think that's what I think that's what bringing in Donovan Mitchell allowed them to do last year. I think they couldn't push the pace as much because you had young guys that you had young post guys, and then you had Darius Garland. Garland was cool, but Garland was kind of the only one that could really truly push the pace, and he was doing it by himself. I think now that you have Mobley. I think now that you have Mobley and Allen more worrying about the defensive side of the ball, and then you have Mitchell and Garland to go push the push the level for them offensively, it makes them very dangerous because they can kill you fast break, fast break, fast break, fast break. They can kill you that way, or they could take it slow, get the ball down lower, keep the ball outside, and kill you slow. My biggest thing about this group is um, how consistent can you be on defense? Like, you, yeah, they are. They, they're going to be wrong. I feel like Diamond Mitchell can guard the best guard in the league. I, I truly believe that. Okay, but when you so, sometimes you're in the East, you're going to have to play the Bucks. Yeah, and who's yeah. guarding Giannis? Who's like Jared Allen? Yeah, he might. He he might. It's, it's got to be Evan Mobley. Or you put Evan Mobley on him, but. He's not as athletic as Giannis. He's not, but I mean, what I'll say is, is Evan Mobley's an amazing defender, and if you could pick anyone from the East to help defend Giannis, Mobley's up there on that list of like ten guys you would want to try and defend Giannis in the league. Yes, definitely. So you have one of those ten guys, top ten guys that can defend Giannis. You need to be able to utilize that, and that's why I think that in a series against the Bucks, that the Cavs are kind of uniquely uniquely equipped to try and defeat them. Do I think they will? No, because Giannis is Giannis at this point. But they're kind of uniquely equipped in that way to where Mobley can kind of help di- help dissipate Giannis's output so much. Not going to stop him. He's not a Giannis. There's no such thing as a Giannis stopper. I truly believe, but dissipate that somewhat and let Garland and Mitchell kind of pick up for the rest definitely, of it. Definitely, and I do feel like. What they should do, leave Mobley on him with Jared Allen just roaming around. Yeah, taking account for Brooke Lopez. Yes, yes, because Brooke Lopez, he, uh, how, how to put it, he, well, he sometimes shoots the ball, he sometimes makes it, and he's sometimes a pain defender, but you like you never know what you get out of him that night. And if you see he's having a good good night, then you, you just have to leave everybody one-on-one. Dame, due to some of our past comments, we have been called out. I got called out for calling Draymond a cone on offense. I will give him credit. He is not a complete cone, but he's not amazing. I'll I'll leave you all with that. Apologies for calling Draymond a cone. <laughs> but we'll go on to the other side of this matchup, the Nuggets. The Nuggets have been the best team in the West yes. all year. Jokic, uh, Jokic is on his way to a three-peat MVP. That would be insane. I, I, can't, I, I can't give him I, a dispute, though, like – He's would, on his way to it. I'm gonna be honest with you, Martel. If you're listening, like yes, I, I really, I need a, I need something from you. Like, when are you putting Jokic in your top ten centers of all time? Top fifteen players of all time. Top fifteen players of all time. If wow. Once he, once he went to wow, Jackson, bro, you have a three. He's about to be a three time MVP. That's true. That is true. About to average a triple double. That's true. Like what? Like, like I don't know if he's top fifteen all time though. 
Like I'll I'll give you I'll give you top ten center all time. I'll say he maybe. I'll give you top ten center of all time, maybe. Like, he's I'll say he's definitely if he wins his MVP, I'll say he's definitely a top fifteen center of all time. Without a question, without a doubt. Yes. I think then the question becomes where's the playoff success coming? Because let's be honest, there's a lot of centers and all those centers have had amazing playoff success. Let's go down the list. Shaq, amazing. Kareem, amazing. amazing. Hakeem, amazing. amazing. Bill, the the explanation of himself. Exactly. Ewing kind of is the only one there, but that's kind of the level I'm going to start placing him on of him and Patrick Ewing. Ewing, I think, was a little bit better just because he was that offensive force, but he was a little bit more on defense than Jokic was. But Jokic is just that little bit more on offense, I think, being able to facilitate and shoot a ball better. And from Martel, the city from home, uh, he says Jokic needs a chip. I agree with that. Like, I totally agree. I agree. That. I but agree. This is how I see it. Steph Curry revolutionized the game for point guards and basketball, right? Jokic did the same thing for centers. You don't see center. You know, center. He, he dribbles the ball down court. And and Mar- Martell actually just texted me and said the same thing you're saying right now, that he's just a different type of center than what we've seen. I think you both make great points right there. Like, once you have that and somebody who changes the way that position plays, he has to be somewhere in he has somewhere in greatness. Yeah. And I do think bro, I do think like the Nuggets just need to figure it out. Like they have the people for it. They do. They just need to figure it out. They just need to win and execute. They can't like one, I think they all need to be healthy at the same time. Them all being healthy at the same time helps a ton. No, be honest with you, I do think Jokic could slow down uh Giannis if they were to play. I do think he them in a finals matchup. Imagine the Nuggets Bucks finals. And then you have also Aaron Gordon. Uh Aaron Gordon who who's who's actually amazing. Who re- who like yeah. improved improved over the years. Like and they have bench players which keeps them active. Like they like they bench players are role players that consistently do their job. Yes. They just need to figure it out once that time comes that they haven't been able to do. Like, they haven't been able to beat that big team that take that next step. No. I I agree to that. Yeah. But I think it'll be a great game to watch tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Yes. Um, the next game I want to touch on, I think, is another great matchup if, in the league. Another West-East matchup. The Memphis Grizzlies are going to travel to Philadelphia to play the 76ers, and I think that this is going to be a great game for both teams. I mean... Neither team are at the top of their conference, but I think both teams kind of provide something different with the Grizzlies. You know what you're getting. You're getting Ja, you're getting amazing post defense, and then with the 76ers, you're getting Embiid, Embiid, Embiid. And Harden. And Harden. And all Tyrese Max. I mean, yeah, but I think Embiid's kind of put a step of himself above everyone in that on that organization. That's why I say it like that. I'm sorry. Yeah, you could say that, but um, I really think the way Tyrese Maxey has been playing, it's incredible. I think Tyrese Maxey, because Embiid, let's th- th- we got to put it in context, Embiid's about to turn 30 soon. Embiid has yeah, had a history of I feel, injuries. I, feel old. I remember when the process would happen. I remember when the process. Was ha- I remember when B got drafted. I remember when he was a rookie in his second year, and they was arguing about him and Ben Simmons are they really rookies? Oh my gosh! Oh, anyway, you make me feel old. Dan. I remember. I remember when he got added. I remember when it was the three of them. I remember when it was him, Okafor, and Noel in NBA 2K16. Oh God! All right, let me stop feeling old for a second. Um, but no, I think. Tyrese, Matt, I think because Embiid, had, we don't know how long Embiid can hold this up with his body. 
Embiid has gotten very fortunate and very lucky, I would like to say, since the injury history of his past. I think now what you potentially need to see is what you might have to see is Tyrese Maxey take that step up. Do I think he's capable of it? A thousand percent, yes. yes. I just think it's a matter of it happening to according to when Embiid body starts to give out. And we also don't know how long, in that same breath, we don't know how long James Harden is going to be on this team for. James Harden signed what? I want to say a two-year contract? Is this his last year of his deal? Uh, Dame, the stats man, looking it up for me right now. But depending on when that is, it's kind of just, it would kind of just be Maxi there and Maxi with what? But that's a future issue. We're here to talk about this game right now. James going to give me the length of James Harden's contract. I think it is two years. It's not, it's not showing me, but. It, uh, two years? Okay. Because like, I know it's either up this year or next year it's up. He's, he's playing great right now. He's average. James is averaging 21 points a game. Uh, he's forty five percent from the from the field, six rebounds, ten assists. Yeah, like this is and this is averaging this, and then we go to Tyrese Maxey, who's just been a star player, averaging thirty two minutes a game. Yeah, the, uh, almost twenty points, uh, shooting saying forty five percent from the field, and like he's he keeps improving, and that's what I like. He does. Like I, I remember the first time I seen him, I'm like, yeah, like. He was a decent player, but like now you have them veterans next to you, like Harden, who has done it all, who has done a lot, and Joel Embiid, who has done a lot. Those people like to mentor you, and then you're getting coached by one of the greatest coaches of all time, who who blows every lead, Doc Rivers, and you're you're bound for success at that point. Yeah. And then moving to the other side of this matchup, looking at the Memphis Grizzlies, I mean. You they they succeed in these matchups. They succeed in and they succeeded against every team in the East except for the Celtics. Honestly, <laughs> the Celtics are kind of their kryptonite in the East, and then outside of that, they play very well against all these teams. I mean, when you have guys like Ja and Desmond Bain able Jaren to score Jackson. the Jaron Jackson able to score the basket, and then turn around the other side and have Jaron Jackson play DPOY caliber defense, and have that unit just play so well together. And even their bench unit, I think their bench unit is very underrated. You got Dylan Brooks. From, you got Dylan Brooks. Brooks. Dylan Brooks annoys me, though, so I didn't want to give him no credit. <laughs> he annoyed me. At that, after that, everything that happened with that Shannon Sharp, he annoyed me, bro. Nice, nice. He'd he be annoying, so I, I got I to gotta take a little step back from him a little bit. But, no, I think this is going to be a very good matchup we'll see on Thursday night. And then going to another game from that point. I actually have a comment. Why, why do, why, why do the Lakers keep getting primetime slots? Because it's LeBron. <sighs> I don't know what else you notice. It's it's LeBron. Like, I mean, at least they're playing the Warriors, so I get it. Yeah, that's superstar. Uh, two. Two future Hall of Famers. Yeah, two future first ballot Hall of Famers. Say, you could you could say. Four Hall of Famers in one court with Draymond and Clay. You could argue five and, with AD. And AD, yeah. You could argue five. But you could, you we, could we argue got, five. We got a guaranteed two Hall of, first ballot Hall of Famers. We got two guaranteed first ballots. And, yeah, I guess, like, they always give them their credit because that's what a lot of people want to see, like, take yeah. them back in time. And it's like, it's LeBron. Yeah, I get that. I just, it just kind of bothers me. But anyway, going to imagine people actually want to talk about that night. 10 o'clock that tomorrow night, we have 
Blazers at Kings. Who thought coming into this year that this would be a matchup with playoff implications? The Kings, man. The Kings. The beam, man. It's the beam. Man, Mike Brown has done an amazing job over yes. there in Sacramento. I have to give him his credit. They've he's done an amazing job in Sacramento. He definitely has. Considering the fact that I had this team not even making the play-in game at this point, still, the beginning of the season, I still think they're a first round, first round. I think they're a first round exit, but the fact that they even made it here is incredible. Is. Yes, yes, it shows that step that they haven't taken in years. Yes, uh, 03. This is his last. That's what they would have. Yeah, oh three, geez. Yeah, but like, man, they had they had Jason Williams. And they had that one rookie. They drafted a rookie. He played for like two years and got a ring and said, "All right, I'm done." Yeah, he did. No, I remember that. He did. He said he was done, and that was like kind of crazy. It was. Nah, but the Kings are back now, and then the Blazers, who. You know, we kind of always expect to be good just because Dame. We have all that respect in the world for Dame. But it's also kind of like a when are you going to take the next step? And it's also just a matter of I don't think anyone thought we were going to be this good, especially after losing CJ McCollum. Yeah. I think we saw Dame and especially Anthony Simons step both their games Definitely. up. Definitely. Everybody in that organization has taken a step. Everybody in that organization has played a bigger role. Do I think they have the bench? No. But do I think they can win with the, the win how they are? Yes. Yeah. Because just, just of the way the coaching, the players, like. I think they're a star away from being a title contender. But they're being a, they're a star away in that they can't trade anyone else, which I is the issue. You see, I don't think they need a star. I think they need a player how Westbrook was for the Lakers coming off the bench. That's fair, and I think that would make that team very dangerous. I just think it helps if you get like another like if they got a Chris Middleton level player to play with Dame, Definitely. or maybe that can be Anthony Simons in a, in a little bit. Yeah, and you just find amazing defenders around them, surround them with amazing defenders and guys who can play in the post. And I think you'd be fine, especially with the second unit. You get bring guys in that can play defense. Or and you bring in a guy like Westbrook that can really control the second unit. Bring one guy that controls the second unit and everyone else play strong defense around them. I think that'd be a fine game plan, and that would lead you to probably a conference finals. Definitely, definitely. I I, I agree with you there. I can't. That's the it's a it's the team is dangerous enough already with uh, Dame, Jeremy, Anthony Simons. Like it's it's a, a lot of these teams just need to figure it out. Like that's that's my yeah. point. Like these teams, none none of these teams in the top eight or even the top ten are terrible teams. No. None of them are terrible teams. They're just teams that haven't figured it out yet. And once they figure it out, the league is already good. It's just gonna it's just gonna get better from here. But to, I know I have the only thing left I want to say is I know me and you are both Heat fans. Yes. Before everyone else comes in on Friday and rains on our parade. Let me and you alone talk about our game on Friday versus the Bucks. It's it's a game we need to win. I definitely feel like if we win this game, it gives us how we set up the rest of the season. Yes. And we uh, Kevin closer Love the, get closer to the mic, please. Oh, oh, <laughs> You're Kevin, good. Kevin Love. It's the debut of Kevin Love, and it's also the debut for um Cody Zeller. Yes, yes. Which I. I love that we picked up a big man, but I don't love that we picked up a big man because I don't like Kyle Lowry. You knew we were going to – there was no way we were going to replace Kyle Lowry, and that's kind of the poopy part. 
I think what me and you remember is Pat Riley doing anything it takes to get what we need. Yes. And, and I think he getting old. <laughs> I trust, but you see, I trust Pat because we have never been an organization that's been terrible. Even our rebuild year, we weren't terrible. I completely agree. And he, I just, I, you, just, I think I just have to trust him. At this point, uh, we don't really got a choice. Yeah, you, yeah. you signed Jimmy Butler to that type of contract. We just gotta trust you at this point. Jimmy is getting old, which I hate, but I do think he's still playing well. I, I think Jimmy's playing very well. Granted, the contract has three more years attached to it, so we'll see how well he truly plays. But I think Jimmy's been playing very well. Yeah. I think he can kind of carry this in into doing very well. I, I hope that. I want Bam on Giannis the whole game. I want Bam on Giannis the whole game. I think Bam on Giannis the entire game is the smartest thing to do here. And before we finish, I would just like to say the best playoff rivalry in NBA history is the Heat versus the Pacers. Ooh! Have a good day, ladies and gentlemen. You saying those words, Heat versus Pacers, back in the day. Let me tell y'all, Heat v. Pacers, back in the day, 2011, we're, 2012. We're the reason Paul George never got a championship. Even David West never got a title. Remember Roy Hibbert? Uh, you said remember Roy Hibbert? That wasn't a bum. He was an all. He was an All Star game. Did you forget that? I remember him, but he was a bum. We made him look like a bum. We did make him look like a bum. We made Lance Stevenson look like a bum. We did, but that's all the time we have for today, y'all. I've been Zach. We filled in for Marty Martell. Go feel better, baby. We'll be back with more Letterman on Friday. This has been ninety point seven WCLH version of the Letterman. Please always remember to keep it locked.